Welcome back to It's All Bad. I'm Keith. I'm Ukrainian Danny. I'm Lawrence. Glennis. Glennis. Glennis from Boston. Dave Stone's on the Wheels of Steel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's up, Dave? Sir DSS. Yeah. DSS. Dave will just throw. Would Dave, you got to keep an eye out for him because he'll throw you like little hand signals, you know? Mm-hmm. If you're like, Solid if you're, game signs. yeah, the heart, you know, the the heart <laughs> sign, yeah, thumbs up, like a up, a down, a closer to the mic, farther from the mic. Yeah. yeah. Glennis, oh. thanks for coming. Thanks yeah, thank for you so much. Me. Awesome. Yeah. How long are you sober? A little over two and a half years. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's when it's super fun. It's been fun. Yeah. I've, it's been fun. For sure. And where'd you grow up? I grew up outside of Boston. I grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts. Oh, Worcester. Good old Worcester. Yeah. <laughs> Real fancy place. Wait, how did you end up out here? Oh, man. I don't even know how I ended up out here. I uh, So I was born in L.A., but um, I moved when I was like a year and a half, uh, like one and a half, two years old, and grew up in Boston or outside of Boston, I traveled around. I ended up in like Rhode Island, then Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth. And then I came here to visit, not to get sober. That's usually people's questions. Yeah, Did you come a, here to get yeah, sober? Yeah. I'm like, no, I didn't. I came here to get high someplace new. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I came out here and um, shit got crazy. Shit got really crazy. So I ended up getting sober. But what, When you came out here, what were you doing? Oh, I was I was doing all kinds of weird shit. Um. I uh, came out here. Okay, so I was escorting, right? I was escorting. I was, like, traveling all over the country, and it was, like, kind of glamorous in a really, like, junky, methed-out way. And uh, I came out here because I had this uh, client who was a cowboy player in Dallas. So I knew him from Dallas. He lived out here in the Valley, and uh, he flew me out here, and I was supposed to come out here for, like, two weeks. And then I just never left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cowboys player? Like like a, a cowboy? Yeah, like a Dallas cowboy. Oh, like Dallas cowboy. Like, okay, like, cool. like no, like, yeah. 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 No, yeah. He's a football player, yeah. yeah. Was he, like, a, a, a someone well-known? Uh, I mean... He was well known enough. Yeah. yeah That's he's amazing. A cowboy. Oh, yeah, he's a cowboy. I mean, he made it to the NFL. NFL, yeah, NFL yeah. you are the shit. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, hands yeah. down. I didn't yeah. mean to denigrate or demean like someone that's an NFL. You're, you're, you're the man, whoever you are. Yeah. My, so. my friend was a Dallas cowboy. Really? Yeah, and he came out of the closet. Did you hear about the whole thing? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. That's Jeff Roar, good friend oh, yeah, of mine. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a really good friend of mine. Yeah. And after he was, Jesus, 58, maybe 60? Yeah. And came out of the closet. Oh, that's wild. That wild? More power to wow. him. That's yeah. fucking dope. It's amazing. That's wow. awesome. And um he uh he came out of the, he's the first uh, you know player out of the NFL to come out. Yeah. And I think it's helped other people uh, other men come out. Well, there's Kaepernick, right? Colin Kaepernick. Isn't he gay? Oh no, no he's no, the BLM. He came out for BLM. I mean, yeah, listen, yeah. All power to all the different, <laughs> yeah. you know, agendas. It's just hard to keep track yeah. of who does what. No, there was another It was a guy who was drafted a few years yeah, back. The, the, who, yeah, he's a lineman or something. I know who you're talking about. But I, I don't think he made it big, but he was like the first Yeah, first active player. Yeah. How crazy that it's like, you know, that we still, that still this is like a rarity, you know, for like, because well, at the end of the day, all right, let's, let's be real. There's a lot of motherfuckers that are playing in the NFL that, that are gay. Just the, the, like the sheer, gay, the right? sheer numbers. Yeah. There has to be. Uh-huh. 
It's well, I mean, you're wearing fucking tight pants. You got, you know, like you're <laughs> all buff. Yeah, 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 slapping each other's okay. asses in the locker room. Come on, I mean, you know? listen. So, like, similar to like the military, you would think, yeah. right? All, mm-hmm. all of these, um, or even when when men are in jail, right? When men are in prison, things always get a little gay. Even the straightest guys, they yeah, do not have time. The best, the best is that, weird, right? that you brought this up right when Keith stepped out. So yes, oh, <laughs> <you're> <laughs> honest, <right? laughs> of course. He's like, what? No, hell no. Yeah, no yeah. way. Listen, I mean, chick is weird when a bunch of humans of the same gender are forced to be around each other for an extended period of time and they don't have access, you know, to other humans. That doesn't necessarily make a person gay. Or yeah. Gay, right? I mean, but, but like, chick is weird. Like, we all have needs, especially men. You guys are super horny human beings. Like, things get weird and when you're constantly surrounded by like the same sex, you got no other option. So Keith, in jail, do, do people just like, turn, um, are gay? Like, yeah, like, gay for the state. Situationally gay. Not, not in California. I mean, certain people are, but it's pretty rare because there's a lot of strict rules. Yeah, you know there's I mean? weird rules. Yeah, they have but- their, they're their own group. But there's there's a lot of like but people are doing life and shit. I mean, listen, I don't know if you've ever seen Orange is the New Black. Um, <laughs> Female well, prison is just like that. Well, like yeah. it is so no, much. The, but like the females, ours. the female prisons notoriously have a lot oh, more uh, of that. But yeah. the male prisons are. You got to remember, they're very fucking. It's a little um, different. I know. Homophobic and very. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. You're right. There's lifers who will have like, you know, a, a girlfriend or boyfriend, whatever the case may be. But it's not like. Uh, they're like the gay group is its own group. Mm. Yeah, in, yeah, in no, prison I know. In California, you know, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Female prison was crazy with that shit. It was a shit show. Tell us, um, but so tell us about your drug use and okay, how it went. The entirety of it. Uh, well, just start. You could start from the very beginning. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, first start. <laughs> all right. So first of all, I got sober with a bunch of guys from Boston because, yeah. and I not because I went to Boston on a vacation here in the valley, huh? Here in the valley? No, I got sober. Uh, there's I, a lot of Bostonians out here in the so valley. So there was a guy out here that that um that. There's a guy that I went through this treatment center that no longer exists called CRLA, where, you know, Chris Batham, that place, you know, mm. community recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the guys that did admissions there was a Boston guy. And um, yeah, that sounds great. Um, one of the guys there was a Boston guy and uh, and he started doing admissions. So he just started like literally like just fucking by the plane full. He was just fucking bringing dudes out, you know, and it was like. Dudes from fucking Fall River. Fall River. Oh, yeah. From, from, New Bedford. Yeah, Worcester. Worcester. Uh-huh. Yeah, Gardner. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, that, I mean, it was just like, you know, like all these dudes. And, like, I was there with the first batch of them. There was like two Were or three Were you there with uh, a dude named Rob from Springfield, Massachusetts? Rob DePepino. Is that no, his name? No, Rob Remlard. Oh, Reverse of Peace. Yeah, Rob Remlard. Yeah. yeah. He's still sober. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. He was my house manager when I first went to, like, uh, Sober Living. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Still, really? There's, yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy because, like, there's a, like, I mean, whatever, you know, like, that place of the, I have I have a list. I mean, I, I'll show it to you after, but it, I forget how people many people. People get sober at shady places. I mean, it happens. It, it happened. I got sober. I mean, I fucking, I it was the you. only treatment I went to. And I have a, but I have a list of, like, I want to say it's 60-something people that have died since then that went through that I was in treatment with. A lot of know? the Boston dudes are dead. A lot yeah. of them. Yeah. Boston is, uh. It's really bad with the heroin. I mean, yeah. everywhere is now, too. But when I started, I remember because it was so close to Florida and all of the pain clinic stuff was going on and the Oxycontin and the pill mills, right? People would just get on a train, 
right? And they would take like 10 of their homies and they would hit like 10 of the pain clinics, right? And they would get a script of Oxy-80s, the real blue ones, you know, mm-hmm. Oxy-80s, Oxy-80s. And they come back with thousands and they just take the fucking train. They didn't have to drive. Wow. They didn't wow. have to get on the plane. And so when I first got, like started doing drugs, I was really young, right? Um, I had this boyfriend. I was a teenager. Like I was acting out and running away and getting into fights and doing all this wild stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I'd been drinking and like I we would do coke and and coke was cool and we would like all have our little piles and I would like I would sniff it and uh, they were roofers and, and you guys aren't from Massachusetts but in Massachusetts right roofers are like grimy Rough. ass yeah. like <laughs> dudes and they smoke they smoke crack that's what roofers do really and, oh yeah they all smoke crack that's what they do they smoke crack um so I'm hanging out with this boyfriend of mine who's much older right and I'm like 13 or 14 years old at the time right and I'm hanging out with this boyfriend. And uh, we would we would get coke and and they decide they're gonna cook it up right and 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 they tell me to take a hit and I try it and I really don't like it because I'm not hitting it right you know I'm not getting that yeah. like that yeah. bell ringer I'm not hitting it right and I'm like ah oh, you know so the next time we do it it's Friday night they get their paychecks like the three four roofer dudes are there and we all split up our our, our our eight ball evenly and they cook theirs up and I have my little pile and I'm just doing little bumps you know and I'm chilling and I'm kind of squirreling away and you know yeah. chilling I'm chilling you mm-hmm. know like taking my time. And they take three blasts and they're done. And they're looking at my little pile and they're like, you know, give us the Coke. We need to cook it up. And I'm mm. like, well, shit, I really want to get high. I better figure out how to how to get high <laughs> smoking crack or freebase, right? And so I got my first hit and, and uh, you know, puked my brains out. And uh, after that, that's how I started uh, eventually doing oxys because I got super strung out on, on freebase. Like real bad, real young right. in like the eighth grade. And, wow. uh, and eighth I was grade, wow. Yeah, Man. yeah. So I was doing Oxy 80s to come down when I was when we you know, when we were waiting to get the coke, we could get oxys and they were cheap. And when I was buying them, when we were buying them at the time, we would get an Oxy 80, the, the real ones. We call them Oscars, right? For fifteen dollars a pill. Mm, yeah. That's people, cheap. People. Oh, 15, one five. Dude. For one pill. Oh, that's no, nuts. they were like 80 to 100 dollars wow. for a single pill. They were pill. a dollar a milligram. And that yeah. was Good. That was a good price. I mean, here's the you could like um, when I, you know, and this is like this is like 15, 16 years ago. Oh, yeah. okay. So 15, 16 years ago, 15, 10, 15 dollars. People didn't know what they were. Yeah. Right. And there was no kids my age doing opiates or free base. Right? It, was, <laughs> it was not as much of a thing then where young kids yeah. were getting fucked up on yeah. drugs. Now it's happening a lot more. But then it was not a thing. Nobody in my hometown was smoking crack or doing Oxycontin. Were you, were you snorting them or smoking so them? we or were what? snorting them at the time. And we were just doing it when we were jonesing, waiting for, like, the, the freebase to show up. Because yeah. it would help us, like, chill uh-huh. out, right? Or when we were all out and, like, the dope man wasn't answering uh-huh. at 5, 6 in the morning. Or we were all out of cash. We would take it to come down. And, uh, and... And I didn't even know they were opiates. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what an opiate was. And when we would try to sell them, people were like, what the fuck are these blue pills? Mm-hmm. Like, people didn't even know what they were really yet. And uh, by the end of that year, I had dropped so much weight. Like, child services had been called. And, like, they're like, you either have an eating disorder, you're on drugs. All this crazy shit happened. And the boyfriend was the one supporting my habit. And he's like, we can't do this anymore. Because he probably would have gotten a lot of trouble. He was a lot mm-hmm. older than me. Yeah. And uh, I still had access to the oxys. I had a friend who lived down the street who whose dad had it, and that. And I just started doing oxys, and then heroin. Yeah. Well, wow. here's a, so they came around with us. Like we, I don't even know who brought them around. I think it was it was Chris Collins or somebody that I tried them with first. He was a friend of mine that we had on here that just passed away. If you he came on the podcast, and he, two weeks later, he they found him in a fucking room on 
at the Lion Hotel, passed away face down, you know, overdose. Three kids and three beautiful children at home, a beautiful wife, you know, like life behind his wildest dreams. Picked up on what? Lawrence, he picked up on a Friday. They found him Saturday, Sunday morning. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. terrible. But um, he was the first dude. Um, sorry for putting Lawrence out. He's like mouthful of taco. <laughs> Lawrence, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Show bomb. Yeah. yeah. I haven't heard him this quiet since I got here. Yeah, right? That's all you got to do. Is us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But um, but somebody, I don't even remember who it was, you know, and they brought it around. They're like, oh, like there's these, you know, like there's these pills we can smoke them, you know, and I, I like smoking stuff, you know, and I mm. remember like we, um, nobody was even smoking them yet. Really? When wow. I started. Yeah. yeah. Like nobody was even smoking them. Yeah. And then I remember within the year, it was like, it went from zero to 10. But by the time people were starting to hear about it and they were going to like $40 a pill, they were uh-huh. still accessible. It was like, uh, it already wasn't enough. I was 14, 15. I couldn't get enough to keep yeah. my habit going. Of the oxys? Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Um, I couldn't afford, I, I was 14, yeah. you know, my friend yeah. would hook me up with two or uh-huh. three, but like two or three a day, four or five, six, like his dad, like, like had the script and like had like a broken back was like, what the fuck is going on? And we would do wild shit to like get a hold of his pills and break into his safe. Mm. Um, but eventually I just started sniffing heroin because they didn't have tar. Right. Yeah. yeah. They got, they, yeah, they got a whole they different powder. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Much yeah. better. I strongly suggest yeah. if you're an activist. Really? Much better than tar. Yeah. But I remember th- hearing about black tar heroin like it was a fucking unicorn. Uh-huh. Like it was well, same shit here. It was yeah. like yeah. the opposite. Yeah. 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 They're yeah. like, oh, black tar, that's like the real shit. And like, so I remember <laughs> I tried smoking heroin once, like the East Coast dope. Uh-huh. Like we call it brown. You guys call it black because it's mm-hmm. it's brown there, right? Brown or white or gray. And uh and it tasted so terrible. You either sniffed it or you shot it. That's yeah. how you can do that dope. Here, you either shoot it or you smoke it. Uh-huh. There's really but you like, can smoke. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You can sniff it in like the water, the monkey you don't, water. Yeah, the shit. monkey. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But yeah. nobody's doing that. What, what's the monkey? The monkey what's water. The, the mo- yeah. So you take uh, so you take the heroin and then you dissolve it in water and then you snoot it. You do like a snooter of it. Is that how, the liquid? What's the absorption on that? Like. I, don't know, I did it in jail. Same. Wow, that's, that's the, the only, only time, time I ever did it. Yeah, yeah. Is, is, is it like a booty bump for your nose? Yeah, yeah. a booty bump for your nose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll try that then. <laughs> yeah. A booty, I mean, it's yeah. not a booty bump because it's not going it's up. Not, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nose bump. Yeah. Yeah. Nose bump. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I'm down. It's a booty bump for your nose. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The crazy thing is, so with the Oxys, like, so they came on the scene and we had them and we were doing them. And then, like, Growing up here, which is something that, like, you don't, you know, that a lot of places you don't have unless you kind of grew up maybe here, maybe in New York, but not even really in New York, is, like, we had access to people that had a lot of money. You know, we had access to people, like, that had a lot of money, like, these, like, fucking off-brand celebrities that, like, and in this time, they were all, like, starting to get strung out, and we realized at a very, very, very early age... Oh, yeah. Take your time. Don't worry. (laughs) There's not a podcast going on or anything. (laughs) Uh, We realized at, like, a very, very early age that, uh, that, like, these people would pay a lot of money for these, especially the Oxys. You know, the Oxys, then it became Norcos, then it became the the Rot, whatever, Yeah, but at first it was the Oxys, the real deal. And it was, like, a dollar a mil. I mean, I was maybe 16, 17, 18 years old, and we were some, you know, so this is, like, 18 years ago, you yeah. know, so this is like the early thousands mm-hmm. and we were hanging out. Fuck it. I'll say their names. I don't really give a fuck. We were like hanging out with like Nicole Richie and these fucking like, you know, like there aren't really, I don't these consider her, Valley girls. I don't yeah. consider her a fucking celebrity, you know, like let's just keep it real, but she's got bread. And so she would come around and her and like 
Misha Barton and like a few of these. They're like, this is like when the OC's on and like, you know, whatever the, the other, the, the Nicole Richie and fucking uh, Paris had their show. So they would come and they would like pick up dope from us or not dope. They would pick up these oxys and we realized right away we were like, we were like, oh, let's sell them for, you know, because we would get scripts from like dudes on Skid Row. We would get 20 of them for 20 bucks. Well, they, then the thing is, is it got harder and harder to yeah, get. Uh-huh. So that's when the price started going up. Because yeah. I remember by the time the price was starting to go up, I was doing heroin by yeah. that time, right? And uh, everybody was still like, oh, heroin, that's, that's, that's yeah. bad. But uh-huh. Oxy's like, they're okay. They're, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was their logic. Yeah, that was their logic. Oxy's, yeah. they're, they're all right. But yeah. heroin was literally cheaper than Oxy. Heroin oh was God. cheaper, much cheaper. Much and that's what cheaper. it became and became harder and harder to get the shit. And people were doing wild shit for the Oxy's. Like, fucking, I was young. And, like, we were doing wild shit for this Oxy. Mm-hmm. And so it just got to the point where I was... Uh, it was cheaper. So I, I found some other older boyfriend, right, who, like, sold heroin. Um, and he would, I, I would, I, I would, I would middleman it, right? I would middleman it. And I would pick up for older kids in my, in my city, like, he, 19, 20, 21-year-old kids. I was a teenager, but I had this plug, right? And so I was calling him so much, and he lived maybe 30 minutes away, and he was, you know, like, wheeling and dealing. And um, that one day he just comes to my house. And I call him like an hour and a half later, like, hey, I need more, you know, because I was just like taking a little uh-huh, from each. Yeah. It was still just bundle bags. And he had left like uh, they had bundles at the time, the little tiny bags. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. They didn't do like half grams yet. Um, and and he had put like a bunch of bundles into my bag and he kind of just like put me on. But then I did it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it lasted for like a little bit, right? Uh, Where I was like, oh, cool. And I was like selling the dope and getting more and like getting high for free, right? Because yeah. like that was my only That's, hustle. Yeah, uh-huh. I was 15 Great years hustle, old, yeah. right? <laughs> and, uh, and then like I remember he came with the fucking script of Suboxone one time and he's like, you need to get off this no. shit. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, I think he was acting like he cared about me, but he didn't care about me. I had something to gain from him. He had something to gain yeah. from me, obviously. Right. But uh, it was like, it was no longer beneficial for him, obviously. So <laughs> he was like, hey, you know, try these Suboxone things. Maybe mm. they'll help. Didn't yeah. help, didn't help. How much? Uh, how much was in? Because I never got a bundle. I never. How much? Like, how much were they? How much came in a bundle? Like, what was the? You know. So when they were doing bundle bags, it was like I said, it was this east East Coast heroin. Uh-huh. So East Coast heroin is from the Middle East. Yeah. Right. Um, that's where it originates from. It's a different kind of poppy plant. Whereas mm-hmm. the tar is is from uh, South America, right. oh, Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. different different areas of yeah. South America. But yes, Mexico. And so it's a it's like a different drug almost. Mm-hmm. It really is the way it gets you high, the way it tastes, the way it smells. Everything about it is different. And um, so when the bundles were still popular, like the dope was fire. Like mm-hmm. it was only a little point one in each bag. So a bundle was ten bags. So it. Well, it amounted to like point to se- point seven point to a gram, right? Yeah. If you dump it all out, but it was fucking good. Like, I it was so good. It was really good. And uh, you would buy a bundle. I mean, you can sell each bag for ten dollars a pop, right? But um, you could buy a whole bundle if you were like buying a lot of bundles, right? Mm-hmm. For like. 60, 50, the more you buy. And so I'm selling them for 10. And so mm-hmm. I'm getting, I'm getting, getting high, little, right? Yeah. Uh-huh, I'm only 15 yeah. at the time, uh-huh. right? Yeah. I'm doing so you're what doing I great. can. You're killing it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm doing what I can. And, uh, and then eventually um, it, it became like half grams and grams. And what they have there is they have, um, they use a shotgun casing, right? They call it a finger, right? So you pack 10 grams of the powder heroin into a shotgun casing. And it looks like, it looks like a finger, like, yeah. you know, like you're, 
fucking middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and they cut the grams off their half gram gram, and there's 10 grams within that shotgun case. Oh, wow. So That's wild. Yeah, but the, the heroin was much better. I mean, I never <laughs> had any abscesses ever. Really? <laughs> Never until I moved to Texas and started doing tar. And then once I had one, it was just over. Mm. Like, I never had one. And I was using for nine years. I was wow. I was using IV drugs for like six or seven years. And I missed yeah. you know, I mean, plenty uh-huh. of times. Never, ever, ever did I have an abscess. Really? Until I did acidic ass how, black how, tar heroin. How old were you when you started using needles? Like, like like fifteen. Wow. Yeah. So that I started using wild. opiates when I was like thirteen or fourteen, right? Because I, I got hooked on the crack real bad, mm-hmm. um, and I was doing wild shit for crack. I, I crack a free base brought me to my knees quicker than anything. I used to do weird shit. I remember the first person who taught me how to like cook it. He was this crazy, another crazy roofer dude, right? They, they all smoke crack, I swear to God. If you're from the East Coast, you know what I mean, yeah. right? Like, they all smoke crack, these, like, middle-aged, like, crackhead white dudes who, like, roof and landscape, like, that's what they do. And uh, he, he would, uh, I was a teenager, and he would use, we would use, uh, do you remember Fruit 2 no. no. It was like flavored water. Oh, It was like the yeah, first yeah, flavored yeah, yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. They had like raspberry and strawberry, yeah, yeah, but it had yeah. no sugar in it, right? Because that was the important part is yeah. there's no sugar. And so we would use raspberry or strawberry fruit 2 to cook up the crack. No <laughs> so way. So we would smoke raspberry flavored wow. crack. Yeah. It, it was deli- delicious, right? It was, like, I mean, <laughs> crack is already pretty delicious. <laughs> really? What, what does crack taste like? I've never done crack. Uh, okay, so we were doing free base because we were cooking it ourselves, yeah, right? So yeah. it, was, it was better. And honestly, it was. I did it later in life. I stopped for many years. I was like, yeah. heroin, oxys, all that's good, but mm. like crack is. Sweet? Or numbing, or like <laughs> a little bit of all of it. It's yeah, kind of chemical, yeah. chemically tasting. It tastes a little bit like smells a little bit like burnt plastic. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird, but doing it later, like I did it again in Texas. I didn't touch it for ten years. I'm like anything but freebase because like I never robbed my family. And within a month of being on freebase, yeah. I had cleaned my my dad out. Uh, I would like uh, yeah. it was rough. Yeah. Um. But I remember like ten years later, I tried it and it. It was never. It was never as good. Never the same. It's kind really? of like meth. You ever done meth? It's not like meth. It's, it's nothing, different. Cool. Nothing like I'm meth. saying the quality of meth has degraded. Oh, oh yeah, 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 what yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so I, but I, I, heroin is similar to that. Yeah. Okay, but but here's the thing about freebase, right? Okay, and when yeah. you're making it is so there's crack. You know, in crack you're taking cocaine and you're cutting it with baking soda and you're okay. making it into a smokable you're form. Making it more pure. Yeah, you're making it more pure and you're making it smokable. Crack has like but, ammonia and other. Sh- yeah. Well, no, crack is usually just baking soda. It's baking soda with, uh, it's just baking soda and cocaine. But yeah. the free base, you're doing like the clear ammonia. And how it was described to me was you're freeing the base, which is the base of the cocaine, okay. from all the additive that's to it. You know, so oh. I used to have a friend like the, the my. I think I told this maybe with, when we had Gilbert on. So um, I knew this kid that was like. Uh, there was, like, he was a big coke guy. Like, that's all he did is he sold cocaine, and he was, like, you know, he would, like, knew all, he was like would, like, get it imported and whatever. And his thing is he would take a gram of cocaine, and uh, he would put it into this. He would get these little, like, Gerber bottles, and he would put a gram of cocaine into clear ammonia, and he would heat it up, and he would, like, swoosh it around. That was the best way to do it. The that's best. how that old roofer did with the fruit <laughs> yeah. He taught me with a, a glass blunt. We went to 10 different easy marts and bodegas <laughs> yeah. to find the perfect glass Blunt tube, right? Because it had to be the perfect amount of thickness. It had to be mm. similar to Pyrex, right? Mm. And so we were obviously doing like smaller amounts, like eight balls at the uh. time, right? 
uh, or grams or whatever. You know what I mean? We were freaking crackheads. Yeah. <laughs> like we weren't yeah. really large. You know? like, <laughs> so like, and he taught me, but he, I've never met anybody cook shit up like he cooked shit up. Because oh, yeah. I have seen a thousand other people do it. Tried it in the spoon. He taught me like the perfect measurements. Yeah. Years later, I'm here in Los Angeles and I'm in MacArthur Park. And I taught, I, I was hanging out with some unsavory characters, okay? <laughs> really? <laughs> MacArthur Park? A couple, couple, gang, couple gang banger type people, you know? And uh, this dude who like I was hanging out with, who he was moving a lot of weight of every, everything. And uh, the dude who would always cook his coke up, um, I think he went to jail or something happened. I, I don't, he, they never really were clear on what actually happened, yeah. but he disappeared for whatever reason. And uh, he didn't know how. And I remember I went to like the shitty motel room where he was like cooking and he was trying to figure it out. He didn't know. And all of that education all that from when I was 15, yeah. <laughs> from the, uh, the freebase guy who taught me how to cook raspberry crack. I taught this dude how to cook wow. up freebase. No, way. their minds were blown. They're crazy. impressed. Yeah. He went, well, they always called me um, La Pinchinueta, right? The fucking yeah. white girl. And I remember, I, I only spoke some Spanish, but I didn't know what that meant. It was like slang, right? Uh-huh. And um, I remember, like, at first they were like, who is this random white girl who just kind of showed up in the hood? Like, she kind of speaks well. She, like, doesn't look that crazy. Like, is she the cops? Like, what's her deal, mm. right? And uh, I remember... Uh, that day, he looked at me like, "La pinche went like, how the f- how the fuck do you know this? <laughs> like, how do you know this? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's a uh, um. So we were so this dude, his whole thing is he would test his cocaine by doing this. He would test the purity of it. He would take a gram, he would cook it up, he would like, you know, he showed me how to do the whole thing. He was like, oh look, he's like, you can see how good it is by when you're like swishing it around when it all comes together. He's like, you get a cookie, and like the cookie is when it all goes and it like like morphs towards at itself. The top, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then he would let it dry, and he would weigh it after, and would see how pure his coke was because he was just a cocaine guy. Yeah, he liked see how much it. cut there was. Yeah, and then he would throw away. No. Yes, and the I cookie. remember him throwing it away and being like, "Wait, wait, wait, hold up." He was like, "No, no, no." He's like, "That's I'm just testing it." And I would go, "But hold on, you know." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, like I remember him throwing it in like the trash can, and it had this like rainbow light that like followed it, you know." And I was like, hold up. And I went and dug it out of there. And like, you weren't even re- on crack and you were no, carpet oh, yeah, surfing. But, yeah, no. <laughs> Man, you were a real ass oh, real one, carpet yeah. surfing before the hit. Oh, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And we and then immediately it was like, you know, and I we showed I showed one of my friends that like was like a big crackhead guy, Gilbert. And he was like, and then it, he tried it and he was like, he kept trying to figure it out. And then it got to the point where this dude was like, this kid Adam was like, you know what? I'm tired of doing like you could make thousands of dollars in a night just turning his crack into freebase and selling it to Gilbert. And he was like, you know what? Fuck you and fuck Gilbert. I'm tired. Kind of like you with the boyfriend, you know, I was like, I'm tired of your fucking, I'm tired of your phone calls and I'm tired of fucking dropping everything I'm doing every eight minutes to fucking make this for you here. This is how it's done. Just yeah. leave me the fuck alone. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and Gilbert was another one. And you're the only person I've ever heard mention the flavored, the flavored crack. Cause what he would do is he would, uh, you know, like with, you don't got time to like you got to let it dry that's the fucked up part is you can't just smoke it right away i mean you could you could smoke the paste yeah, you know but it's not good so you get a um, one of the workarounds for that is you get a coffee filter and you like you'll do you use a coffee filter to try to get the moisture or out of there you hit it with you could shock it with ice you could shock it with <laughs> ice yeah, uh, yeah yeah you could shock the water once it starts sometimes it makes it come together quicker but sometimes it fucks it yeah. up yeah but he, we would do the, the coffee Crack bag. Crack expert. That's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you never think. I, it's fucking awesome. I love this show. 
And then, uh, and then Gilbert started getting these tea bags where he would go and he would find different flavored tea bags, and mm. that's what he would use to like to press the fucking moisture out of it, and it would give this like we would have this like fucking green tea, yeah, green chamomile, tea or, but like really <laughs> no, no, he like really nice, Lavender you know, I mean, to you know, offset the you know yeah. the anxiety yeah. that comes with. He's getting it. shit from his dad's house, you know, like he's yeah. fucking yeah. His dad is like they got nice fucking teas, needless to say, they, yeah. you know, yeah. Oolong. And, yeah, oolong. <laughs> English breakfast. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I used to do the same thing with meth, though. So I had this little, uh, you know, those pookie pipes that uh, that look like, um, I called her Nessie. She, she was green, and it, it was like the bubbler one. They would go down yeah, in a dip uh-huh. and come back up. Uh-huh. Okay, but it reminded me of the Loch Ness Monster. Nessie, yeah. It was green, so uh-huh. Nessie. I've, I've seen those. It's it's like a little river. I saw them on Reddit, you know. I was trying to find one. There's a little pandemic. thing, yeah. And there's it, a little. Yep, you put a little and, bit of liquid in it, and it yeah. keeps it. And you can build the you can build the resin in there, right? And you can like use it to get high again, right? Well, I was using it for meth. Yeah. What, no, no what, resin from smoking who meth. Who smokes yeah, yeah, meth? Uh-huh. Oh, no, no, for smoking meth, you oh. would get the, yeah, yeah, like like when people do hot reels, they they, 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 they savor all the resin and, and oh, they yeah, scrape yeah, it out. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Fuck, meth's so cheap. Uh, you don't have to scrape resin. <laughs> you know, some people need to be in the bottom barrel. I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it, though. Uh, for sure. We, I've what, done weird shit with crack, so yeah. <laughs> I've scraped resin for sure. So, uh, wait, Nessie. Back so to Nessie. Nessie, yeah. Nessie right? I, I was so wild. I would drive around, like, with my, my knee, right? And I would have, like, a Newport 100 in one hand. Of right? course, yeah. Boston. I don't, I don't yeah. smoke cigarettes anymore. Yeah. But, yes, in Boston, we all smoke Newport That's 100s. All, yeah. uh-huh. Right? So, I'd have a Newport 100 in one hand. I lived off smoothies, right? So I would have a smoothie in the other, and I would have Nessie, and Nessie, um, I would put Mio's flavor drops in Nessie, you know? Oh, yeah, the little drops, yeah. Yeah, huh? so there was, like, I had, like, a coffee-flavored one. Oh, I God. had a sweet tea-flavored one, wow. and I would, like, switch it up every few days, and I would smoke meth, and it would taste like fucking raspberry. Yeah. Raspberry. <laughs> I, see, I'm so much older than you guys, but I would literally, because I would, I was telling these guys, I would get a coffee in the morning and just pour, like, a quarter gram of crank in it, like it was coffee creamer. Oh my god, that's crazy! <laughs> yeah. oh, there we every go. Day. Yeah, that's fucking. I had. Crazy. I know exactly what Nessie is because I had this. Like I had one of those. And we I had a do, bunch of bubblers. Yeah. I would, I'm and jealous. I had different flavors in all the bubblers. Right towards the end of my using, I was making a lot of money. I had a lot of drugs, and like I wasn't hurting. Right, mm-hmm. like my bottom wasn't like necessarily a bottom like financially. Right. Yeah. Um. So, like, I would just get creative. I had, like, five different bongs, different sizes, different uh-huh. colors, different yeah. flavors, like, different creative ways to get high. Like, because it, it wasn't even working anymore. It's not I had working. to at least yeah, you taste gotta, good. You got to have fun. <laughs> it yeah. has to taste Gatorade, good. of course. Yeah. With the ice what? flavors. Yep. Did you ever do mouthwash? Yeah. So, uh, when I would hang out in MacArthur Park with all those, uh, like, those people. Yeah, you can't say they're, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. With those people. Um, uh-huh. <clears throat> They would have like super elaborate, expensive bongs, and they would always use either mouthwash and Gatorade. Sometimes yeah. mix it up. Wait, because they, they see because the the speed bong it was just like coming to fruition when I got sober. Oh. It wasn't like a thing. Like, you really missed out. Shit. Oh, you missed out. Yeah, I, I didn't smoke, so it, I wouldn't oh. even know the difference. Yeah, we would do ice in there, but I was also a big weed guy, you know. So like, I, I had these weed bongs. Like, I had my sister's four foot like bong <laughs> that she had that she gave to me when she moved to New York from college, you know, and it was like this beautiful JBL hand-blown glass and I got a glass-on-glass attachment to it and then one day I was at the fucking Brazil Tobacco or whatever smoke shop I was at. Shout out Brazil Tobacco. Brazil Smoke Shop. The best poopies. R.I.P. No, no, they're still there. Uh, The main one that I liked was gone. Where's that one? The one uh, right next to New Hope. 
No, it's still there. It's shut down. No, it's there. I was there. I literally was. Did there. they reopen again? Yeah. Well, oh, then yeah. you know what? People got to get high again. You know, <laughs> yeah. the pandemic's back. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So they, um, do you know they got like the craziest pookie variety? Fucking. Oh yeah, demand. the yeah. best. The yeah. best. Yeah. They Sometimes have the, the, the elaborate ones Kitty are ones, not that the, great though. The droid ones, like the weird skull ones. They yeah. just don't oh, yeah. roll well. Yeah, the shit yeah, gets yeah, burnt. Yeah, but I had a glass on glass four foot bong, and one day I walk in there and I just happen to see a glass on glass pookie attachment. Ooh. So now I have a four foot yeah. <laughs> fucking pookie bong Jeez. that we're taking four foot fucking risks. From. I would do the same thing with fentanyl. When, towards the end, right? I stopped doing heroin. Honestly, I would have got sober if I didn't find fentanyl because there was a couple other times that I got sober simply because I could not. I couldn't shoot and I couldn't get mm-hmm. high smoking tar. I just, I couldn't get high. My neck was shot every, all of my body. I, I, I went to the doctors today for the fourth time in the past month to try and Take give blood. blood. Yeah. Yeah. Literally today, like they hit me three different times. Wow. And it's been years since I've touched a needle because even the last few years of my, my using, I wasn't an IV drug user because I wasn't, it didn't just work. Because there was no IV. Yeah. The IV there was going no over, IV. Yeah. No. So like I, uh, Towards the end, I found fentanyl. I'm like, oh, this shit gets me high. And I already had a gnarly heroin habit. I think that's probably the only reason I didn't overdose ever on fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Because I already had a gnarly habit. And uh, I would smoke fentanyl. You know, the way people smoke, like, shatter and Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, uh-huh. so that's what I would do. Yeah. Because I was, I was doing, by the end, like, two grams of fentanyl a day. No way. I swear to God. Smoking it, right? I Are swear you to, kidding? Swear to God. <laughs> so I would, I would, uh, I would heat it up with the uh, the torch, right? Mm. And then I would drop like a 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3 of fentanyl and I would smoke it like yeah. that. Is that a lot, Danny? Two, two yes. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. I, cool. I had a sponsee relapse not too long ago. Oh, I would a, die if I even tried to do like... A he's piece. a seasoned fucking dope fiend and he had like a year and a half and he told me, he you know, he had started shooting heroin and he went to cop her- you know, he relapsed, he went to cop heroin and the dude goes, I don't have any heroin, I only have fentanyl. You know this dude. Mm. And um, he told me, he goes, Keith, he goes, I knew if I banged it, I'd die. He goes, so I just smoked it. He took one hit, and they had to fucking Narcan him. Yeah, it's not even the hit, right? It's how long you hold it in for. Oh. Uh, with fentanyl, right? It's just like kind of like weed. You get higher if you hold it in longer. Sure. So I remember when I was, like, getting, like, girls high, you know, for the first time, if they were heroin addicts, I'd be like, listen, don't hold it in. <laughs> like, you could yeah. always take another. Like, don't hold it in. Just, like, inhale and exhale right away. Don't fucking hold it in. Would they listen? I mean, who would like, do we yeah, ever listen? Like, 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 we're invincible, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. Uh-huh. I'm different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would be, I would be, I think one of the reasons, right, my first time in rehab, I was 14, and I was, like, already on opiates, and I really appreciate that experience, even though I didn't stay sober mm. that first time. I, like, got high as soon as I got out, but they they did a lot of harm reduction. Yeah. And they I never I never caught any bloodborne diseases, right? Because they taught us how you catch it, not just by sharing needles, but sharing water and sharing cotton. Oh, right? really? Through hep C? Yeah, 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 for sure. And so they taught us all that, and then they also taught us, and it scared me then, of, like, the chances of overdosing after you go back out and go use the same amount. Because yeah. I would have done it, and I really That's... wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. And so I remember every time I relapsed over those next few years, I never went back and did the same amount. I only overdosed twice, and it was when they had started cutting heroin with fentanyl on the East Coast. And I did do a tiny amount, like a small amount. But by the time I was smoking fentanyl, I had like a five or five or six gram a day heroin habit. Oh. How much is the gram of uh, fentanyl, the prices for that? 
I don't know how much it is now. Okay. At the time, I was doing pure fentanyl. I wasn't doing the pills. I was doing, it was probably like, it was like $100 a gram on average. Oh, is it a powder? It's Yeah, it's a white powder. I mean, it's better if it's chunky, chunky you know, together. But yeah. I remember they had two different kinds. Like the people that I used to get it from, there was cookies, because it kind of tasted like cookies, cookies and cream. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was, there was marshmallow, because it tasted like a burnt marshmallow. Was but this the cook- the co- No, this is, in, uh, this is in like downtown Los Angeles. Okay. So this dude I used to get, the dude I used to get the fentanyl from, right? He was, he was fucking wild. I don't even know how much I should say about this guy. He, uh, he was involved with all kinds of crazy stuff, and he had this dope ass loft in downtown Los Angeles, right? So you think of downtown LA, you think of Skid Row. This no, dude yeah. was living fucking large. He had a airplane arm hanging from the ceiling as art, right? Wow. He was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he was fucking wild, and I would, I. That's how I got involved in all the, um, the weird shit I did in, at the border. That's how, how I ended up. I I met these people, and um, these people uh, were. I don't know. I think they're. I think most of them are on the feds now on a RICO indictment. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, but they. I was I started off buying grams of fentanyl and I was buying it like on the block, like on the street, uh-huh. right? But then I started to buy more, right? I started to buy more at once and like the guys on the block were just selling for somebody else and they didn't have the amount that I wanted and I was I presented well even my addiction. Like mm-hmm. I looked nice. I was an escort, so I like always had makeup on, I was dressed well, and I had a lot of money and I would come Compared to these people on fucking Skid Row, right? right. Yeah. Like not a lot of money, but a, a lot more money than most of the junkies they were dealing with, right? So I would come and I was buying more and more and I was starting to buy like half ounces and stuff like that. And I was consistent with my money and uh, they would have to go get it. And so after so many times, they're like, OK, we're just going to bring you to the person that we're dealing with because they, they wanted to meet me. And so that's how I eventually met this one person who introduced me to this other person who was in the loft in downtown L.A. Mm-hmm. And um, I was buying ounces from him. I was paying like fifteen hundred dollars an ounce, which is a lot less than paying like 100, 150, maybe it was a gram. 150 a gram. A gram. Yeah. This is for fentanyl. This is, you're buying this fentanyl. This is for fentanyl, oh. yeah. And then I was buying, I was buying meth too, but yeah. meth From the just, same guy? Uh, sometimes, sometimes. So he was like a guy who just sold everything. Yeah, counterfeit. Yeah. He, he was yeah. doing all kinds. My was doing favorite kind. Yeah, money. my favorite. Yeah, Yo, my he guy. had this <laughs> other guy, his roommate and business partner had all the dopest gear. His like get down was he like, he would have like MCM and Louie and like, oh, uh, man. like all the Look dopest. Real? Yeah, real. I don't Super know. I, like he had, they had a, all kinds of shit going on. Wow. I can almost guarantee at this point. I know that like a vast majority of the group of people that they were involved with are in the feds waiting awaiting a RICO indictment. Mm. Some of them looking at 10 years, most of them looking at, like, life, right? Yeah. Natural life, which yeah. is, like, federal prison because they were doing all kinds of fucking wild shit. Mm. But um, they, uh, I was coming and I was buying more and more and I was consistent and I was, I always came with the money. And, and they were like, hey, I know you're going to San Diego. I was going to see, like, a client, right? In San Diego, I would, like, travel around. And they were like, do you want to, like, cross drugs? And, uh, the risk versus reward wasn't there. There was like a lot of like risk involved and the money was not that good to cross uh-huh. drugs over the yeah. border. <laughs> like yeah. like yeah. shockingly low. Like really? How low? Shockingly low. How low? Like 
What uh, was the weight and what would you and, and how much did it cost? So for like a kilo, like five hundred to a thousand dollars for way. a kilo, and you're looking at like seven seven to ten years. Fed. Yeah. Right. And that's if they don't tie you like closer to the people that you could potentially be doing with. Cause yeah. then you're looking at like, like 10 years minimum, potentially they'll threaten you with life. They won't actually give it to you if you're not yeah. directly. And there's people involved. lined up all but day to do 500 all day. Five. Well, no, they'll do more than one kilo or two kilos. Right. Only body carriers carry like one or two kilos. If you're doing it in your car, right. You're going to be carrying a lot more than one or two. Were you, right. were they, did they want you to body carry? Is that what they were asking? No, they wanted me to drive. Um, uh-huh. I didn't, I, but I didn't want to cross drugs. I was yeah. always already making a lot of money. I was seeing men for yeah. five, six, seven hundred dollars an hour. Yeah. Right. Oh, fuck. So, and there was very minimal risk involved yeah. with yeah. that. Right. Like with the law. Uh-huh. Like I never got in trouble once. Yeah. And I was doing it for years. So I was traveling all over mm-hmm. the country. So I'm like, eh, fuck that shit. Not worth it. Um, but then they were like, well, you can, like, bring people. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, right. And they were, it was a lot more money and a lot less risk, like, a lot less jail time. Um, and a lot more money. A lot really? more money. Yeah, a lot more How much more, more money? money? Um, so, like, the people were paying, like, fifteen to $20,000, right? Not to me. What? But per that's, person? Yeah. That's what they were paying, right? Wow. Per person? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was not getting paid 15 right. to Oh, yeah, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. yeah. But but they were paying fifteen to twenty was the average if they were from from Mexico. So Asian people are worth more money because they're That's coming right. from <laughs> Asia. <laughs> I'm Asian, guys. Just so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Chinese. So oh, I'm like, you're Asian. I am Asian. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so like they're not discriminatory. All races. Um, if you want to come through, they'll hook it up. So Mexico is one of the easiest ways to get into the United yeah. States. Um, I. I think Canada is a lot harder, honestly, from what I hear, but I yeah. never tried crossing people from Canada. But yeah, Mexico is one of the easiest ways to get into the United States. So they'll come from other parts of the world and go through Mexico. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So like Chinese were worth a lot of money. <laughs> I was in jail with a girl who had like like eight Chinese people that she smuggled in in a furniture truck and they were like hidden in dryers and washers and like couches and shit. And wow. she got busted and is doing a, a lot of time. How do, you get, how do you get busted? Is it a long invest? I mean, like, do they do their due diligence or they, or she made a big mistake? Well, if you get pulled over, it's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you, if you get pulled over, it's done. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah you're dead to rights. Yeah. So yeah. they, it, it depends. It, it really does depend. So for me, I, I was, I didn't have any Chinese people. <laughs> I only oh, had man. Mexicans, boring Mexicans. <laughs> boring. <laughs> God damn. No. But uh, they were paying 15 to 20 grand to the powers that be. Right. Yeah. And I was um, getting paid like, Fifty five hundred to if I brought them all the way to per person all the way to Los Angeles because mm-hmm. it, it's a thing you you know pick them up then you have to cross the checkpoint and then you like usually stop somewhere and then they they don't pay until they're delivered to their family because so many people get caught on the yeah, way, yeah. right so excuse me I have like the burps um <laughs> so I uh, they you collect the money from the family right. right? And usually I wasn't the person mm. doing that. Um, but if I was, I would get paid fifteen to $7,500. Um, if I was only bringing them to San Diego and bringing them to like a stash house where they would like chill out and like eat or, or whatever because like the feds will follow people. Like they let you, um, the idea with the feds, they're not like the state where they like will arrest you then build their case. They'll build their case 
and nail you like to the cross sometimes for years. Yeah. And so for me, um, they caught me, they pulled me over and they just took me and I wasn't tied to any indictment and they couldn't tie me directly. But if they feel like they can follow somebody to somebody else who might be tied to something more, right? Like guns, drugs, money. If you mix those things, then it's a Rico indictment. And then you can take down an entire enterprise. And then from that indictment, you're usually stemming off from another indictment because those people are going to tell to like not do life in prison. Right. Right. And then, and then they're taking down another enterprise and they're spending three or four years building a case against them. So, so they might follow. Right. So they'll, the, I, I would often just drop them off at a stash house and then they would get transported to Los Angeles. Okay. Did you have an option to go all the way or you only wanted to go that far? Oh no, I would go to Los Angeles. It was more money. Yeah. Okay. I didn't always have the option. It was always different. It was not, you would take the option if if you could. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Cool. For sure. For sure. So how does it like, is it like, like, how does it start? Like, is it like, how are they secretive? Is it like only on paper, only on phone call? You mean in person? Like, it's kind of like a, Mm. is is it really intricate or is kind of, kind of like, no, it's pretty, it's a whole thing. Um, so, so I met this, these people and I was buying drugs from them uh-huh. and they trusted me and I was like, um, I don't even want to incriminate myself. I was doing other weird stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. so I was doing other weird ass shit and uh, they had begun to trust me, right? I think I know what weird and shit I was, you're talking about. I was very reliable, <laughs> right? I was, I, I was reliable and uh, so, and I'm also a white girl that like presents well. Mm-hmm. So, who better yeah. to transport yeah. Mexicans, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, who's going to think that I'm, like, smuggling immigrants uh-huh, into yeah. the country? So they um, they were like, okay, well, you can do this thing. And and I, I had somebody who, who was within that little organization of people who I was had become pretty good friends with, and he was like, okay, I know these dudes. I'm going to come with you because the people we were dealing with, uh, they work together. They don't work for each other though they're not necessarily yeah. directly affiliated they uh-huh. do business together and it's all a shady distrust <laughs> it's not they're not exactly trustworthy human beings so he came with me and uh you know we stay like in a motel or whatever and uh we meet these people and um he knew them and had worked with them before a bunch and um he's like okay we'll do it and so I have like a Bluetooth in my ear because you don't ever want to have a phone while while you're driving right. in that mm-hmm. area because it looks obvious. <clears throat> so they're in my ear and I had met them in the United States, but they would cross back over into Tijuana and um, they would be on like a throwaway phone, a different number. Like I knew their names, but like I didn't really know their names. Yeah, like, what, you right. never know their fucking names Flacco. Yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. like, um, and so they're in my ear and, and they, they would, they would tell me like the day of, or as I was driving there, the route I would take right, right before I would go on the trip, they would like show me, but then they would also be in my ear. Like, okay, where are you at right now? Where are you at right now? Where are you at right now? And then there would be different routes every time. Sometimes it would be similar. Sometimes I would do one and then add another, and then I would do the same one I did the first time. It would be different. Um, and I would drive, right. I would drive into, uh, like a dirt road by the casinos, right? And um, and they'd be like, okay, you're going to keep driving and then you're going to see, um, you know, uh, a street that goes right and left, but you're going to take a right and then you're going to lose service. So they would have somebody, I don't know who or where, I couldn't see them, but they could see me, like, um, like somebody that worked or owned a ranch, right? Like 
I'm pretty sure is what they would use, who was watching and waiting for my vehicle. Binoculars, like the whole, the whole thing. Yeah, but I couldn't, I couldn't see them. Amazing. And they would know where I was, like, when the call would drop, because they would intentionally have the pickups in places where there was no service, because that also makes it harder for... To track. To track, and it makes it also harder for, you know, the other people to communicate. Of course, they're using radios and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. just a little bit more difficult, harder yeah. to track. So I would get to this place, the signal would drop, and he would let me know before the signal signal would drop, like, okay, when the signal drops, keep driving for 300 yards, and then you're going to see, like, a fucking tree on your right, uh, drive another 100 yards, and then slow down. And so they would know when where I was when the signal would drop. They would have somebody somewhere fucking watching. <laughs> and this is, like, really in the middle of nowhere, so I don't know who, what, oh, where, but there was oh, fucking someone wow. somewhere. And then when the signal would drop... Uh, I would I would drive a little further down and then I would start to slow down and like clockwork, a bunch of Mexicans would run in the middle of the road with blankets on their feet, like out of a bush. Really? <laughs> like, yes, I swear to God, out of a bush they would run out and so they would always have blankets on their feet, right? Because uh, they would use the blankets I think when they were traveling through through like uh, the the desert or whatever it was in the middle of the night and then also to like stop their tracks. Yeah. So they would have blankets on their feet and they would usually come close to the border in Mexico in, in onion trucks. So they smell like onions. Wow. <laughs> like oh, really, shit. really, really bad. Oh. Yeah, it smells like onions bad. So they would have these blankets on their feet. They There would be like one, two, three. When I got caught, I had four. And uh, they would hop in my trunk. Oh, in the trunk? In the trunk. Yeah, I got to put them in the trunk. I made, I made the mistake the last time of not putting them in the trunk. Well, I put them in the trunk except for one. What happened was is that so I had made a bunch of trips a bunch of times, right, um, in San Diego, back to L.A., then San Diego. I made a bunch of trips. And the last time, um, four came out, right? And and there's people doing this all day long. I don't know who. I don't know where. It's at different spots. It's like it's a whole mm-hmm. fucking yeah. thing. And I'm on the phone, and I, I, I have this one guy I get in front. He looks younger. He doesn't look like uh, straight paisa. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. He looks like he could be like. Mexican-American. He looks Mexican, but, like, not like a paisa because they look different. They, yeah, I mean, they uh-huh, do. Yeah. Um, and so he speaks no English. Um, and I speak some Spanish, and uh, but he speaks zero English. And and I'm like, I'm greedy. It's supposed to be my last trip. You know, it's always the last trip. The yeah, last time. <laughs> it's oh. the last trip. I wasn't even supposed shit. to do this yeah. last trip, honestly. But at the last one, I was like, fuck it. I'm about to go back to Los Angeles make a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. And so this last trip, I take the four I don't have room for four in my trunk I have like a Mercedes and uh, I don't have room in my trunk and I should have just left him Uh and he kept saying it's okay like I'll get out and I'm like no 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 it's fine because I wanted the money and uh and I I picked back signal and he's like what's going on I was like well I got one in the front he's like no 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 like you you should pull over he's like I'm like no I think it'll be good and he's like, are you sure? And they, like, kind of had had some faith in me because, like, I had been just, yeah. like, cruising. Like, Killing. They uh-huh, wouldn't yeah. even stop me to ask me for my ID. They would just wave me through. Wow. They, like, they would just wave me through. And so I hadn't been stopped at the checkpoint once. Wow. And it's in the morning. And and I end up, he's like, you could just drop him off now and then we'll have somebody else pick him up. Like, you should. Uh-huh. He was like, are you good? Like, I'll leave it up to you. Like, it's up. It's on you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And so I get there. They they tell me to like they wave me in. They want me to stop. And I'm like, oh fuck. And uh, and I, I have them in my ear still. So I'm like, oh, I'm burnt. And um, 
And they I, hang up. They're I, really like, Leak. <laughs> no, <laughs> they kept listening. Really? They, well, yeah. They, they, have, they don't give a fuck. Nobody's yeah, going to track them. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. they don't give a fuck. Uh, they want to hear what's going on yeah. uh, as far as they can, right? Uh-huh. You know it's over. Oh, yeah, I know it's over. Oh, so, shit. but like I had given him a pair of my sunglasses and my iced coffee and a cigarette um, to like make him look like less Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> 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 wow. And, and I drive through and he tells me to pull up and I drive past him and he thinks I'm like leaving. I'm like, oh shit. And I reverse, like I'm obviously like anxious yeah. and nervous and shit. And he's like, so where are you going? And I, I tell him, oh, we're going to the boat show in San Diego uh-huh. because it was that weekend, right? And he was like, okay, where are you coming from? And I like tell him something. I don't remember what. And then he asks him, oh, like, uh-huh. what about you, sir? And the dude just looks at him and blinks because he doesn't speak a word of yeah. English. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he's like, oh, he doesn't speak any English. I was like, yeah, his English isn't very good. And so he starts speaking to him in Spanish. And and uh, the dude just didn't tell on me. He doesn't say anything. And he's like, okay, ma'am, do you mind if we take a look in the car? I'm like, actually, I do. Do you have a warrant? He's like, well, you know, like, you, you have to let us look in the yeah. car. We're not going to search the car, but we're going to have dogs walk around the car. Uh-huh. And so I get out and I'm like, okay. And I'm wearing like high heels and a fucking dress. I don't even know why. <laughs> I don't know where I was going or what I was doing after. I had some fucking big plan to do something. Uh-huh. And um, and they had the dogs walk around the car and uh, the dogs trip the fuck out at the trunk. And then they open the trunk and then three more people, like one, two, three, pop out. <laughs> and, oh, wow. and they're like, oh, what's this? I'm like, I, I just didn't say anything. I stopped yeah. talking at that point. And, uh, Are they and, still on the phone? Yeah. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. still in my ear. No wow. way. Oh. Yeah, they're still in my ear. Like, I, the cops didn't know that I had a Bluetooth in my ear, and I didn't tell them. I wasn't yeah, going to be like, course, I got yeah. the people on the yeah. phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, they're right here. But uh, at that point, so they used to, like, with girls like me who did, did shit like this years ago, they were just like, cite you out if it was your first offense and you didn't have a record and you weren't affiliated um but i would made the mistake of doing this during like president trump's era uh, and yeah. so like the border was pretty tight so like they were like you're going to jail and um i remember the officer being like you know we knew something was off when we saw this dude wearing women's glasses because uh, <laughs> no i had, like way. tried to dress him up with like women's, <laughs> women's sunglasses he's all, no smoking way. Up, he's all smoking up virginia <laughs> 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 i like have my hand around his neck i'm like hey b i'm like trying no to play way. it off like he's my boyfriend uh, or something it was fucking terrible um i got greedy i shouldn't have yeah. had him in the front i may have gone through had yeah. I, but i mean they, I thought it was the worst thing ever, but it's like the best thing that ever happened yeah. in my entire life. Were like they, in hindsight, were they cool with you? I mean, like they knew you're you're you there to make money. You weren't some evil criminal. They're just like, hey, we need to arrest you. They processed you, like, or were they kind of impolite about it? Or oh uh, no, like the the actual border patrol, like the dudes who pull who like like brought me in, they were fine. It was when so I had you're not supposed to, whenever you do this kind of thing, they always the people that you're doing it for. I always tell you, like, don't bring any drugs. No weed, nothing. Leave it all in the hotel room. And I left almost all my drugs in the hotel room (laughs) because I'm a drug addict. And uh, I had fentanyl on me, but only, like, uh, like a gram. Like, Uh it was, like, my own shit. And I had everything else because I had a a bunch of drugs. Um, But I had all my cash at the hotel room, too. Mm -hmm. Like, all the cash I had made from all the other trips. So I only got arrested with, like, $1,500 or $2,000 on me. And... Fentanyl, but they never found the fentanyl. They did find Nessie, though. They oh, found Nessie. Oh. But they didn't give a fuck about Nessie. <laughs> fuck about Nessie. You're but, like, no, 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 that's my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His glasses. The, yeah. the Virginia yeah. Slims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Newport Hundreds. Yeah. Never Virginia Slims. I know, Slims. I know. I'm playing. <laughs> no, I know, no, no. yeah. So, Don't like, get it twisted. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, 
they they were cool. When I finally got there, though, I I you know put the fentanyl where it needed to go. Yeah, and, got um, it. Yeah, and uh, and uh, when I got in, I was there for a few hours, and then they. Where did you go? I'm sorry. Like, like oh, the border patrol station. Okay, cool. It was okay, like got, got, Pine got, got, Valley checkpoint. Thank you. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, so when I got to the border patrol station, like I fucking thought out for a few hours, right? And then um, they brought me into like an interrogation room with like two federal agents. And at this point, I thought like I was like some fucking hood rat street girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought I was like hard, right? And uh, I wasn't crying. I kind of was at a point of acceptance. I knew I, I, I was very calm, like mm-hmm. the entirety of all these trips. I remember the, the people I was doing it for were like, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And they were like, are you sure you're good? You're really <laughs> calm right now. And I was at a point in my life where I wasn't getting high. I had just been through so much mm. that I was just doing anything to feel something. Right. Yeah. Right. I just wanted to do the wildest shit to like get something like more money, more whatever, like. I don't know. I don't even know what my fucking motives are. I didn't need the money. I was yeah. making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I was living in like Studio City. Like I was, I was, I had a, had a Mercedes. Like life was yeah. like not that bad. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. yeah, I was a drug addict, but like, and that was pretty fucking bad. But like, I was, I was dying inside for sure. Mm-hmm. The outside yeah. was like, all right, given the circumstances. So like, I, I go in there and they're like, okay, they Mirandize me and they're like, you have the right to an attorney. You have the right. And I'm like, yeah, I want an attorney. And they're like, have fun at, fucking prison like they were really angry and then they walked out and i remember like a week later kicking and like kick <laughs> i so they they don't talk to me anymore and i end up going to like um the hospital for a few days right because i told them i was a heroin addict and i wanted to get something mm-hmm. right and in the feds they send you they have like contracts with the hospital where like oh. so where i i got like benzos for like two three days and wow. then i came up but i still had fentanyl on me mm-hmm. and i was being watched by marshall so i couldn't i couldn't do it um and when I finally got back to the unit, it was really so far in my vagina. I couldn't get it out. It was deep. <laughs> like, I couldn't get it out. And I asked this girl <laughs> who I didn't know to get it out for me. I couldn't get it out. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, and I was, I was getting sick and it was not wrapped to be inside my body. And so it was coming out a little bit. So I wasn't that sick. And, and she, it was the first day I met her. She pulled it out of me and she got it out. And we did it. And I remember she got so sick, I thought she was going to overdose. Because oh. uh, she had been in jail for a while mm. in prison because we were at MCC. Um, and like MDC's in LA, MCC's out in San Diego. So uh, after I finally finished it, it had been a, it about a week that I'd been in, been in there, a week and a half, right? And I started getting really, really sick. I, I'd been on a run for years, uh-huh. like five years straight. Two grams, right? right? By that time, yeah. Two grams of fentanyl a day. And I've been using five grams before that. And I've been smoking meth. Like, I was on, like, a gnarly run. No breaks. No detox. I had given up on the whole idea of recovery or sobriety, like, really ever. I'm like, I'm just going to die this way. And I didn't even think I was going to die of an overdose because I couldn't even get high anymore. I was doing so much dope. I'm like, I'm going to die in the streets. Like, somebody's going to kill me. Like, something crazy is going to happen. And so... I start getting really sick and I remember going to the infirmary and being like, I'm really sick. Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. And they're like, you, you've been off it for a week. You're fine. But like little did they know I hadn't been yeah. off it for a week. Right. And so after a while, I, uh, I fell off the top bunk and I hit my head. Oh, fuck. And I was just telling Mary and my sponsee about this the other day. She's like, what the fuck? So I hit my head and, uh, you know, have you guys ever, you guys are any of you opiate addicts? 
yes. You know your vision. <laughs> you know your vision gets fucked up when yeah, you're kicking. Uh-huh. Okay, so I had never kicked fentanyl, right? I had never kicked fentanyl, but my vision's really fucked up. I've yeah. kicked heroin quite mm-hmm. a few times, and my vision's fucked up. But I'm not like I'm only going to the shower to shower because you know if you've been to prison, like you have to shower. It doesn't yeah. matter how bad things are, like you got to shower, gotta, yep. otherwise yeah. life's rough, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm showering, but I'm not going in the bathroom unless I'm like shitting my brains. I'm definitely not looking in those makeshift mirrors. Like I'm not doing any of that. Uh-huh. And uh, I, but I can't see. I can't see shit. How is your vision? Is it blurry? It's or blurry. Is it like, is it's it blurry. It's blurry. It's like your blurry. eyes are constantly watering. Like it's like you're this, yawning, you're, sneezing. Yeah. yeah so. After about like six, like seven or eight days of this vigi blur, blur uh, like uh, blurry vision, maybe two weeks, I'm like feeling better, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not 100, percent but I'm feeling a lot better. And um, I had hit my head and had a seizure in the middle of the night, and and they didn't do anything, and I didn't really know that I had a seizure. I just knew I fell, and I didn't know how I got on the ground. And uh, and after two weeks, I'm feeling better, but I'm seeing double, like double of everything for Whoa. real. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, this isn't the same as before. Yeah. And finally I go, like, the girls, they had just met me. So I was in bed for the first five, six days. So, like, I was cross-eyed. Like, 100% one cross-eyed. <laughs> like, like, 110% one eye was crossed. And I was like, okay, um... They're, they never told me I was cross-eyed because they thought I was just like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. And so I go to the officer. I'm like, officer, there's something wrong with me. And he's like, wow. I was like, I'm fucking cockeyed. And he's like, okay. Like, I was like, he was like, well, you fell that day and hit your head. I was like, that's probably it. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me. He's like, you don't have like vision problems. I was like, I, he's like, you don't wear glasses. I'm like, no. And so he takes me to the hospital and uh, they do all these tests. And they're like, oh, my God, something's really wrong with this girl. Like, we fucked up by not, like, taking her seriously. Because I was cross-eyed, and I was seeing double of everything. One of my left eye was all the way crossed. (laughs) Like, just my left. And uh, they tell me that they think I might have multiple sclerosis. You know what? I have multiple sclerosis. (laughs) I don't have multiple sclerosis. (laughs) That's crazy, yeah. Yeah. They told me, they're like, you might have multiple sclerosis. And I was like, so you're telling me I come off drugs, I hit my head, and all of a sudden I have MS. And they're like, well, we don't know, but we think it might be the... Like that—that—that that, that might be the deal, and, yeah, yeah. and so they do like a spinal tap, and um, yep. they do a cat scan, MRI. Yeah, yeah, they start doing all kinds of fucking <laughs> weird shit to me, and they think I have MS. Oh. I don't have MS, right? Thank and I, I, I'm here with two U.S. Marshals, right? Like handcuffed mm. in a fucking onesie. We called it a minion because it was a yellow onesie that we wow. had to wear at MCC, right? <laughs> and uh, and I'm like contemplating my life. I'm like, I'm in federal prison. I might have multiple sclerosis and I'm fucking cross-eyed. Like, <laughs> life is fucked up. And, um, <laughs> Pretty bad. Seriously, life yeah, is yeah, fucked yeah. up. Like, I was actually cross-eyed. I was, like, accepting that. I'm like, uh-huh. okay, yeah. fucking cross-eyed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in the feds anyway, so fuck it. It doesn't even matter. Um, and I, I spend, like, three, four weeks in the hospital. Or two, sorry, like, two weeks in the hospital. They're doing all these tests on me. They're checking if I have internal brain bleeding, all this shit. I, I don't. And then they end up just releasing me like, we don't know. You should just go to a vision doctor, I guess. Like, you might be like this for life. Maybe. But maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> like, And I go back to to MCC and I start reading with my cross eye and watch TV with my cross eye and it gets better after like a month. Oh, really? Wow. Do you see it Thank every God. day slowly would start going like. Mm, and no, I, started, I was seeing, it, it was slowly start. 
I could only see with one eye closed. Got Otherwise, I was seeing 100% double of everything. Yeah. And I've came off heroin a lot of times. It was crazy. I don't know if it's because I hit my head or if it was the fentanyl or both. Wow. But, like, I was cross-eyed. Like, I was I, I was cross-eyed. Like, yeah. I had a friend who would, would smoke speed, and he'd be watching the pipe, and after a few days, he would be cross-eyed. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's, like I started week. going cross-eyed during the pandemic. Did you? Yeah, I started going cross-eyed during the pandemic. I'm not sure it was, it was exacerbated by multiple sclerosis, but, like, my eyes started getting cockeyed, and, like, I would Google on Reddit or go on Reddit, like, like um, why am I, like, why why am I getting cockeyed? Why is my, why, why am I getting <laughs> yeah, the laser yeah. eye? And the guy's like, well, you know what? Sometimes it might not come back. Good luck. And I was like, oh, my God. So I got really scared. Yeah, but, like, yours yeah. is way worse than mine, so thank well, God. No, wait, wait. That's what, I mean, well, like, like, was yeah. yours from watching too many monitors at once? Too many monitors at once yeah. and, like, all the bright screen. What's I'm, it called? What's, the, what's It's the called name? Gooning. Gooning. Do yeah. you know about this? Gooner. Do you no. know what Gooning is? No. I mean, no. what type of meth addicts have you met? Like crime, people that smoke meth and do crime, people that smoke meth and they get creative. Get naked, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I've seen all the kinds of yeah. meth heads. I, the yeah. ones that right. smoke crack and watch porn, yeah. naked that's, in the trap house. There's yeah. always one of those. Okay. I'm the trap that's house the get one. naked yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But gooning, what, gooning, gooning, gooning is what gooning. gooning is like a special thing. It's like this tantric like thing where you like. We stay in this like proverbial like 100% like orgasm mode for like less for like 20, 30, 30, 40, 50 hours. And you're in this and you're in this tantric state. And the only way to maintain that is to like have as many peripheral devices playing porn on, on every single monitor as much as possible. All different genres. Different porns. Different porns. And then the way that you keep it going on is because there, there's actually a, like there's actually a topic called gooning. Like go on porn. Type in goon, G-O-N. Is there gooning porn? Yes. Yeah. So, no, no, so, no, the gooning porn is basically like a video where they keep telling you to keep jacking off and they have these weird demonic things that keep flashing on the screen and like all these color changes and like- I'm they, learning more about- I didn't know about the demonics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go on porn, I mean, type in gooning. And, like, so is this it, something people do only on meth? Because this it's just definitely a meth. Like, yeah. Because like, <laughs> when you're on meth, you're not actually in a tantric state. Like, no. let's be honest, because like, like when you, when you- Get it, have an orgasm sober. Right. It's very different than meth. Like you don't really have an orgasm because that's why you keep wanting more. Like it never actually. Yeah, really you're happens. basically called like, edging. You're basically edging yeah. forever yeah. and then edging and then, forever and never exactly. Yeah, so basically gooning is like trying to get you inside that mind state because you got to stay stimulated. So the whole you time. have a cross eye because you were gooning. Yes, I do. Cross eyes from gooning. Cross eyes from gooning. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 so like any eye, like yeah, I, I, I'm a goonie cross eyed. Weirdo on meth, absolutely. That's my wow. thing. What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen somebody on meth do? Yeah. Or crack. Or, or crack. Fentanyl, or, or fentanyl. Or... You know, uh, <laughs> I do weird shit on meth. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Refrigerated? Yeah, no, I just, she gets weird on meth, man. Yeah. It, it does. It, it gets really very weird. It gets even weirder for men, though. Like, men get really weird I on get meth, weird. As well as crack. Like, I've been so many crack houses, right, and smoked rock. And not once have have I been in a crack house, like, where people are actually smoking crack. And, like, there not been porn and a man jerking off. Like, really? Um, all the crack houses I've ever been in, if they're specifically, like, crack houses, like, if you're smoking crack there, somebody's watching porn, there's probably a dude in the corner jerking off. And the weirdest part is, is there's always many other people other around. Other dudes there. Yeah, unaffected. just hanging out. Yeah, just chilling. Unaffected, yeah. Oh, that's uh-huh. just him. That's what he does. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, there's he's guns, that guy. Yeah. There's whatever. There's yeah. usually some fraud going on of some sort, oh, you know? Man. And then there's, the, like, a dude, yeah. But yeah. So, so- I don't know. I've seen all kinds of weird shit on porn. I've done weird shit. It's, I mean, on meth. It's hard to keep track of all the weird shit, you know, mm. until they, like, thoughts come up. Which they let you out of prison. I, I, you're still in prison, though. You're at the MCC. 
right? Yeah. And then, oh, yeah. And, and you're then, so you're like, watching, yeah, you're, you're yeah. watching a little TV, one eye closed, oh, yeah. reading, one eye open, yeah. And then how long, you, you said you're there for a year and a half, right? Yeah, a year and a day. How long were you there during that time when they started, Vision started coming back, things started? Uh, So I was still at MCC, which is like where you first go when you're arrested. Okay. Um, It's like the men's federal prison. Like the one they have in LA, it's that in San Diego. Okay. Um, so like maybe like a month. And you and then you haven't gone to your actual prison that you were supposed to be assigned to. No, they move you a bunch of times before you do. Like, okay, that's kind of like what Laura was telling us. Yeah, about. that's what yeah, Laura was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They keep. Yeah, because they get paid more money every time they yeah, move you around. Yeah, that's exactly. What, yep. That yeah, they move you around. So MCC was the first one. Then I went to Otay Mesa, which is right on like the Tijuana border. Then I went to. Fucking Santa Ana. That place was terrible. They what? have a federal facility there. Oh, it was just terrible. It was like county jail, but they had a small federal unit there. It was mm. terrible. And then mm. COVID happened while, when I was when I was there. And then Victorville. And then and when, when when COVID happened, everybody was on. You were on lockdown. Twenty four seven. Yeah. Twenty four seven. That's what Laura was telling 24/7. us. Twenty four seven. Right. Yeah. Twenty four seven lockdown. You would come out like two or three times a week for like thirty minutes to shower and like. Or workout, like you kind of have to pick, <laughs> wow. and they would only let like ten people out at a time. So, yeah. Did was... a lot of people have COVID in there, or no? I got COVID. I got out like, I got out in May of 2020. So I got out like right after it all. Like they just started letting people out. Like yeah. if they didn't have like a violent offense, or they weren't on an indictment or something like that, they were mm-hmm. letting. And I was just there for like housing immigrants. Like honestly, most people don't even go to prison for that shit. Like yeah. I oh, did. Really? <laughs> Yeah, they used to just let some people out. They probably are again That's now wild. that Biden's president. But yeah. like Trump, like everybody was like, fuck the Mexicans. They were throwing the like, book. Yeah, they were like throwing the, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. I remember, though, like when I was kicking and I was shitting my brains out and I was like going cross out. I was like, oh, man, I should have talked to this federal agent. So I was like, <laughs> God damn it. But like, honestly, it wouldn't have been like worth it. I was thinking more realistically when I was still high than I yeah. was when I was kicking. You know, oh. when you're withdrawing, you're so oh, yeah. fucking dead. Oh, I was having wild dreams about doing wild shit, like, to get out of there, anything. Like, I was dreaming about getting out yeah. and getting loaded. I didn't intend on staying sober there. Like, and I didn't the first few months. There was, like, intermittent times. Anything like, interesting in the feds? Like, uh, I mean, Laura, like, she talked about having, there were, like, people, she, it was actually an interesting time, like, a learning experience. Did you was there anything like that was like, I know it's so terrible to be there, but was there anything interesting, like notable you could bring up? I'm one of those people. I radically accept my situation. Yeah. Like I didn't cry when I went to the feds and I wasn't like butthurt. Mm-hmm. I got butthurt when I was sick, but it wasn't so much that I was there. I just didn't want to be sick. Like after that was over, I'm very much a person who can like accept what it is. Yeah. When I went to juvie, when I was a teenager, I went for two years. I learned how to do time when I was a teenager. Right. Like me, me too. Yeah, that's literally like, Keith. Yeah. yeah, I learned how to do time, and how you do time is you stay busy, you fucking yeah. program, you go to school, you 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 don't don't anything but mark off days. Don't mark yeah. off days. Like don't do that. <laughs> Things time's gonna go by mm-hmm. real slow. And in juvie too, it was like. It was like, uh, it was called DYS. It was Department of Youth Services, which is like YA, but in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So I was committed till I was 18. I had no idea how long I was going to do. They were not going to tell me. It could have been eight months or it could have been till I was 18. They were, they they don't tell you. They You end up having this thing they call like, I think they called it a review. I forget. That's fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. Where they essentially like, they have somebody from the, the like the staff, right? They have the a psychiatrist then they have like uh, your case manager and they have all these people at a table right talking about you how you've done while you were there and that's how they kind of decide how long you're going to be there and 
what where you're going and what's going to happen when you get out. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was like it was like a it was like military camp, but prison juvie was so much worse than prison. Like it was way worse for me. It was way more structured and um, it was a mind fuck. It was behavior modification. The idea was like if you, you they didn't you didn't get money in there. Most of the kids there, uh, the parents didn't have money that you didn't even have an option. Right. Yeah. So you had to uh, buy shit based on your behavior. You would start with 100 points, which would be like a dollar, let's say. Right. And uh, you would lose points throughout the day. And if you lost more than five points, you would drop your level. If you dropped your level, you couldn't buy soap or conditioner. And you only had like foam hand soap. So like that was a, a, a really rough, rough way to live if you were only living off of foam hand soap. So and, and you couldn't knit and you couldn't like keep buy shit to keep yourself busy. So like to break the rules, we're not breaking the rules. Like say you were transitioning from the unit to the cafeteria and you itched your head during the transition. Right. And you didn't keep your hands by your side. They'll take a fucking point from you. <laughs> like if you made your oh, bed, yeah. but you didn't make it military style. Right. They take a fucking point from you. And like points don't matter. But if that's all you have and you can't buy soap to wash your ass like points fucking matter right so i was just like conditioned to do time at a young age so i knew i could do it it was fine it was like whatever this yeah. is what it is i when i was in juvenile hall we had tooth powder yeah 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 Remember yeah. that yeah fucking gross the bob yeah. barker bullshit tooth powder. Like, was that toothpaste? Powder it's, toothpaste it's powder it's like made by colgate i think or something but it's a powder and it was in like a can it almost looks like a flask and you put the powder and that's what you brush your teeth with Holy yeah moly. Yeah, and the only way you can get anything better was based on your behavior. So it was very mm. much behavior mod. Like, you know what mm. is weird? It's weird. I like we didn't have that. Like, I don't remember being able to go to a canteen or anything like that. Mm. Now that you mention it, I'd never thought about it before. But well, maybe that's how they had it set up there. I'll tell you one thing. Like, yeah. I was uh, a kid who was like, "Fuck the system." I was fighting. I was getting into trouble, and it modified my fucking behavior. Yeah, <laughs> I got out of there, and I went. Most of the girls were going to a state-run facility that was locked down where they could physically, like, you know, take you down if they needed to. But I wasn't um, a kid who, like, had anger problems or, like, deep psychiatric issues. I was a drug addict. Yeah. Like, they knew that, right? And there was not any other girls who were, like, drug addicts like me. I can't fucking believe they gave you two years straight. That's a long time to be in a juvenile. For DUI, right? So it was a little bit less than two years. So I got a DUI when I was 14. Uh, I didn't even have a permit, right? And I had, like, crashed a car and all this shit. They wouldn't have done that. They just put me on probation. But again, like uh, at that time, young kids were not hooked on drugs. It just wasn't as much of a thing. So I failed for opiates once. They sent me to detox. But uh, my insurance didn't cover it. So I got released after like seven or eight days. There was only two adolescent detoxes in the entire state. All the rest were like mental health at this time. Right. In Massachusetts. It was a place called Motivational Youth Recovery. And uh uh, my dad had good health insurance, but the two places they had, it, it just didn't take it. And so I, I got out of there and then I failed for opiates again. And they were like, this girl's using heroin. Like she's a real problem. And in hindsight, I think they were just doing it to offer me like services because I, and I had to go, I had to be committed to the state to get those services. So I went into department of youth services. And then even when I got out, when I was about 17, I still had a year left and I spent nine months in a behavior modification, like therapeutic community program. It was like a rehab, but I was super grateful to be there. I was coming I mean, from I've like never, jail from juvie. I've like, never met anybody who freebased cocaine that young. I'm, <laughs> I'm baffled. I'm still <laughs> yeah, stuck yeah. on that. I'm like, look at it. Cause I, I wear, you know, like 
We'll post pictures of her, but it's, you know, I mean, it's always like that. Yeah. I don't look like the type. You yeah. are yeah. so like, gorgeous. Like, you are like, I'm, thank just you. to be brutally honest, right? So just like, your story is so awesomer. It's like fucking <laughs> more awesome. It's fucking great. Awesome. Yeah, awesomer. awesomer. Yeah. Awesomer. I just like, you know, it's just great. No, but it's like, you know, yeah. somebody, you, the genius thing about this, you know, like, you think, like, people listen to this, they're going to be like, what does she look like? Yeah. like? I would be like, fuck, she's probably missing all her teeth. Yeah, all her teeth. Yeah. <laughs> she's still cockeyed and naturally. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm like, I kind of love that, though. That's yeah. the best, right? So, yeah. like, when Karina asked me uh, if I would be down to do this, it was after I had spoken at, like, uh, a yeah. meeting, right? Spoken mm-hmm. at a meeting. And um, I, I love that, especially doing what I do, right? I deal yeah. with, like, people who are trying to get sober in my job, right? Newly sober alcoholics. Mm. Most of them, like, have been to a bunch of bougie-ass rehabs. I've been to 43 detoxes in my life. Wow. All of Fuck. them were, like, they were equivalency Boo-boo, of yeah. medi right? Yeah. I was mass health in Massachusetts. It was a hospital. I was in a hospital. I got five days, couple doses of methadone, and then I was out, right? Didn't yeah. stay sober after one. So these kids come in, and like, you don't know what I've been through. Like, you don't know what it's like. I'm like, don't I? Like, I was talking to Marion, my sponsee, the other day, right? She was pissed off at me. She's like, fuck this, you know? And I'm, and I'm like... And I tell her a little, like, a little bit about my crazy, crazy stories. Just little bits and pieces, right? About, like, the escorting and the pimping and the fucking... She's like, holy shit, you're crazier than me. <laughs> but that's the gift, right? That's the gift. It's the promises in our yeah. life coming yeah. true. Yeah. Like, we get sober and we change into a whole new person. Yeah. And all the weird Spiritual shit that weakening. I did, right? Like, I was slanging and banging and making money and hustling. I still do that in sobriety. It's just translated into something, like... Positive. Positive yeah. and purposeful, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like... Part of what I do is I connect with like people um, in the in like the mental health and addiction industry, right? So like all I'm doing is connecting with people the same way I connected with people in the streets. I take a genuine interest in human beings. I, I like being around them. I connect with people trying to get sober, right? Hospitals, social workers, therap- therapists. I like doing shit and talking to people and being in different places all the time. I still do that in sobriety. Yeah. And all my crazy shit. Has made it like made me more useful in that way. I don't even have to really keep it a secret. Yeah, it's dope. Yeah. <laughs> like it's dope. Yeah, I get what it. What the fuck is that? Where is that coming from? Oh, there, there we go. They're on their way out. Yeah. What is that though? Is it like, motorcycle? What kind of music is that though? That's what I'm. It's, it's a hurt, du- it's, it's hurt music. Somebody got a, <laughs> it's hurting music. Somebody in their new in their new dude magnet. Right? <laughs> <laughs> dude magnet. <laughs> hurting music someone's hurting <laughs> oh you're so empathetic do you have any crazy stories about escorting oh yeah, yeah i have so how'd many. you get into that like like wh- when did you start <laughs> like what wh- um okay so when i started so i had moved to dallas texas when i was 21 with this guy right that was like that was my that was my mo i would meet like a really nice guy to save me right i got sober from 16 to 19 i stayed oh. sober Half of that was spent in juvie, right? Um, and at 19, I started drinking and because alcohol wasn't my problem, you know, mm. blah, 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 blah. And uh, and I, I went back out and started using heroin. Then I got on the methadone clinic and I, I stayed sober on methadone, whatever that is, right? For, were you doing, did you do, were you doing 12 steps along with methadone? No, 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 no. 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 No, if I had, I probably would have actually stayed sober because I, I, I really stopped drinking. I stopped using mm-hmm. everything and, and I got off the clinic and stayed so clean. Wow. For a while, which is you like got, an anomaly. You, su- you successfully got off the Twice. methadone without Two getting tags. on opiates, without getting right. on heroin or fentanyl. Or right. Right. Wow, this for is a miracle. little while, for a little while. It didn't last, right? But uh, I, uh, I had this, uh, I met this guy after I had relapsed when I was on the clinic. And he was uh, a police officer in wow. Boston, Massachusetts. Really nice guy. 
Like, I know everybody thinks all cops are assholes, and a lot of them are. I've had some pretty negative experiences mm-hmm. with cops. He was a really honestly, like, mm-hmm. honest, nice guy. Um, and uh, I figured he was going to save me. You know what I mean? Like, he's a really of good course, guy. As, as men do. As yeah, all men yeah. do. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a saver. Cops. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, uh, you're a Captain save uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was a Sergeant save so, like, <laughs> <laughs> so, he, um, so... You know, I started drinking a lot, mm. like drinking a lot. And, uh, you know, eventually started using heroin again. Uh, got off the methadone. We went to Cancun to celebrate because he was tied to the clinic, too. We couldn't go on vacation. He was like a normal ass dude. Right. He didn't know what the fuck methadone was. Wow. <laughs> like and so we went to Cancun and then I got back and then things were good for a while. I was drinking a lot and being wild when I would drink. But I eventually started using heroin and he would work at the time he was a city cop. He's a detective now. Right. Uh, but at the time he was a street cop and um, he would work 11 o'clock till seven in the morning. And so I would go see my dope dealer, you know, when he was gone, no I would get high. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would go, I would go cop dope. And, and after a while he started to catch on. And one morning I wake up and he's like in uniform still. It's like 7 a.m. Cause he had just gotten home mm-hmm. and he turned up the fucking house like a cop would. Like literally uh-huh. police style. And he has like all the heroin and needles in his hands. He's like, what the fuck is this? And uh, I go back to detox for the first time in a while. And uh, I come out and I get loaded again. He's like, enough is enough. Like, you got to get the fuck out of yeah. here. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, we're still friends today. He's married and has a couple of kids. Um, but uh, we weren't for a while. <laughs> he was pretty fucking resentful <laughs> at me. Because like, he was in love with me. Yeah. I think he wanted to marry me. And. I was like 19 years old. I was a kid. I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also in my addiction. Right? How, how old was he? He was like 27. Eh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. But um, he was like an all-American boy. Anyway, so I, I started stripping. I was working at the strip club for a year in Providence, Rhode Island. And that might as well just be escorting because in Providence, Rhode Island at the time, in-house prostitution was legal. So oh, wow. um, not anymore. Yeah. But um, in the spas. Like the um, is the this Asian... when Buddy Cianci was mayor? Yeah, it was a little bit after that, but during Buddy Cianci's time, yay, the mobster <laughs> dude. Providence, Providence, Rhode Island, guys, is a hidden gem. A lot of people don't know about little ass Rhode Island. Providence is wild. Yeah, <laughs> like this is a... fucked because so we have a co-host who is a uh, who was Buddy Cianci's. He was Buddy Cianci's assistant. That's... Yeah, I so, said yeah, and he's one. He's not here tonight because he's working. But yeah. oh man, yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah so, so we know. like it's like mob town. Yeah, it's yeah. wild, yeah. right? Yeah. So he if if he would ever spend any time in Providence, he would know. I was from in... Providence. So, okay, <laughs> they're a special <laughs> type of people too. Yeah. yeah. So he, uh, I worked at this strip club called the Cadillac Lounge. Oh, I'm sure that motherfucker knows. Oh, he knows it. It's been around for a long time. I'm going to text him right now. Text him. him. So there is this, uh, there's this dude uh, who owns it named Dick Shappy. And if you Google that dude, like he like, He's this old dude, wears a gold necklace. He uh, talks like this and he has like his hair, his chest hair out all the fucking time. And he fucking, he, he, uh, there's pictures of him on, on Google of him and like Jay Leno as well, because he, uh, owned and sold, um, uh, classic cars and motorcycles and refinished oh, them. Oh yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So like Providence is a weird, it's incestuous. There is no lines between like cops versus like mayor yeah. versus mobster like they're all the same uh-huh. right and um so i was working there and i was like dipping my toes in the water doing weird shit um but like still telling myself like i was a i was a dancer <laughs> and, uh, and um i met this other guy also a nice guy i'm like okay i was up to like three and a half grams a day four grams a day of heroin 
And I was like 19 or 20 years old. And uh, things were getting like a little fucking squirrely. And I, I wanted to stop and I couldn't stop. And, you know, the fucking drill. Right. And I was going into detox, going out and I had gotten a couple possession charges. And I was like about to go to jail. And I, I knew it. And I was on the sheriff's department, which is like drug court. And they're drug testing me. And I couldn't stay sober and all, all the things that we do. Right. And uh, I meet this other guy in Rhode Island and he's a uh, Ukrainian mm. and um, really nice guy. And he works for Fidelity Investments, and he's, like, a normie guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, another normal guy, right? And I present really well. I, I, I did when I was—I, I like, was, looked pretty. I was, like, wild. But I think these nice guys liked that about uh-huh. me, that I was yeah. wild. And uh, and he was, like—and we had been dating for two and a half months, and I, like, I knew I had a warrant out for my arrest. And uh, he's, like, I just got a job offer in Dallas, Texas. Do you want to go to Dallas? And I said— yeah, fuck it. And so three months, we moved to Texas, and he, you know, is working for Fidelity. And I kick cold turkey, and I get my shit together for a while um, because he's going to save me, and life's good, and we're living in the mm. suburbs, and, you know, I'm, like, living this, like, life. And he knows all my wild shit. I was really honest with him, and he was great. And he's, like, one of my really close friends today. Um, but we we're together for four years, and I'm, like, getting loaded off and on, and um, towards the end, I try meth for the first time. They didn't have meth in Boston at the time. Yeah, they they were it. It wasn't a thing. I was I was in the streets of Boston. <laughs> if it was there, like I would have known uh-huh. about it. Yeah. Um, and I try meth for the first time. I didn't even know I was trying to meth. I was hanging out with. I was bartending. This girl tells me, "Oh, like, uh, do you want to hit this ice?" And I didn't know what they call it ice there. And I didn't know what ice was. I knew maybe it was similar to meth, but I didn't really know. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. And then I got strung out on meth for a grip and I wasn't doing any heroin at the time because heroin was like fucked up my life real bad. And by the, by the end, by a year and a half of this, and he's like, I can't do this anymore. So we're living together. It's really fucking sad. And because he promised me if I moved across the country with him, he wouldn't boot me out if things didn't work out. And he didn't. But it's a really sad situation because it's not like he was angry with me and it wasn't like I was angry with him. It was just like, I was fucked and he was like trying to do something with his life. Yeah. And I was crazy. <laughs> uh, like, and I was like, I need to get out of this situation. And uh, I uh, met this dude named Money Mike. <laughs> Money Mike. <laughs> yeah, Money Mike. A- Money Mike. How? Where? Yeah. Like a supermarket? Random <laughs> like a- Yeah, Money Mike with the gold teeth. No, um, no I, uh, I was, they have these things called game rooms in Dallas, Texas. They're like under ground gambling rooms yeah so um they're they'll go by the name like uh like they'll look like a beauty salon and like the game room will be called the salon right and they'll have like people at the door and you'll go in you can like smoke masks smoke cigarettes and like press a button and like gamble right really yeah yeah yeah. and they move them all the time they'll get busted and they'll move it to another place they it's all over dallas uh, all over texas in general Mm -hmm. i think they have them in oklahoma too yeah the the game rooms yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so so I met this dude, Taz. I, I had gone to fucking Fort Worth County Jail, met this girl who introduced me to this dude, Taz, and we're hanging out in these game rooms. And and he hits me up on Facebook Messenger, and he's like, you know, I, I know this dude, and he can help you, like, get some bread, get some money together. I was like, okay, cool. And I blow it off, but uh, I, I'm doing meth, and I had never done meth before. And, like, the people... When you, it, it's a different game. Yeah. And I also had, oh. <laughs> like, it's a different game when yeah. you're dealing with tweakers. Yeah. And I also had been, like, kind of living, like, a low key, like, suburban life for a few years. I'd been, like, out of the streets, yeah. um, like, dry, drinking, but, like, not on heroin. Like, I hadn't been, like, in the mix. I was around, like, normal people <laughs> doing normal things, like, suburban, normal people things. And, and uh, I met this, uh, this dude 
And uh, he gave me this guy's number. And I'm hanging around these tweaker people and shit gets really crazy. And I end up in this fucking motel room with this guy that won't let me leave for five, six days. And he's sweating and he's naked and he's on meth and he's crazy. And he's like an animal, you know. And I like finally escape and it's 100 degrees and I got nowhere to go because I can't show face at the boyfriend's house because like. I feel so guilty and shameful. Like, I'm clearly on a sick one, right? Yeah. That guy dealt with so much. I would dip off with a car for three days and not call him smoking crack. And finally, I'd answer the phone, and I'd be like, I'm sorry, I couldn't answer. He's like, what are you doing? Like, where are you? I'd be like, honestly, I've been smoking crack for three days. (laughs) (laughs) I I couldn't ever talk to him and lie to him. Yeah. And he was the best. Like, he was like, what the fuck, Glinny? (laughs) Like, that's what he's called. Glinny. Glinny, like... Uh, what do I what do I do one time I got our cars my car his car really let's be honest it was his car <laughs> stolen <laughs> in the hood of West Dallas like in the project like the hood in, in Dallas is like it's not like Skid Row it's like abandoned houses with no electricity the trap houses have like 10 20 people hanging out that, like down the street and like walking in and then they'll walk through and come back around it's crazy it's totally different but anyway so I um <laughs> I regress. Uh, and I end up uh, in a crazy, like, down and out situation. And I fucking call Money Mike, <laughs> like this guy who can help me get some money. And I had an idea of what it was going to be like, but I, I wasn't qu- quite sure. But I had an idea and I was like, whatever, I, I'll do whatever it takes to, like, make some money and not be dependent on this guy and, and like, just be off on my own, be able to get high how I want to get high. And so I meet Money Mike. It turns out Money Mike had recently been released for pimping and pandering from the feds after doing 10 years. I didn't know that. I didn't know that for, like, years i didn't know that for a really long time because uh it's all he wasn't um a violent dude he wasn't like a, a gorilla pimp he wouldn't like beat me or like rape me or anything like that but it was very like psychological yeah um what do they do like like is there you could think about it now you're sober and you're cognitive and you're, you're i present. knew what he was doing when he was doing it in the beginning how do they do it though they said like they they they, they they're they pray it's different. There's all different approaches. They prey on like whatever it is you need. Like at the time, he knew that I really just didn't want to go back to this boyfriend who was great, but we weren't together and it was sad. Like I, I wanted to make money. I wanted to like have my own car. I wanted to have my own place. So we like kind of like dangled those carrots. Like, okay, we can do that. Like we can do those things. And like I'll teach you the game. Right. And, uh, and like he was living at his mom's house, like in the projects of East Fort Worth. And, like, because he was fresh out, like, a couple days out. Um, but he was a whole-ass pimp. Like, he'd been pimping for 20 years. Like, wow. a real oh. pimp. Like, a real deal, holy feel. Like, not like a simp. Like, a real fucking pimp. <laughs> and he was like, um, okay, like, I'll teach you the game. And and I start just posting on Backpage yeah. in the very beginning. And uh, he does. I, Given the circumstances, I probably would have ended up doing a lot of this stuff anyways. Yeah. I'm grateful that I had him there then because he did teach me how to be safe and how to um, do things a certain way. Was it his direction as a going back page? Was that his first direction? His first. So, okay, there's a whole underworld with escorting and pimping and and sex work. There really is. So, so back page is your way at the time was the way in. So if you're a girl who's a little got a couple miles on her, a little rough around the edges, you might be walking the track. I was what they call uh, um, uh, a, a goose. I I'm a young, good-looking white woman. Right. Right. Goose. Yeah. 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 So they call like, and this is not how I feel about it, but this is what they call it. Like like 
you know, black women ducks, right? They have like different names for different levels of girls and like where you would market them, right? Is Goose the best? I mean, considered the... Yeah, a young white woman is the best. They're worth a lot of money. The Goose mm. is the top, okay. But there's something for everyone. Yeah, like, yeah, like, sure. like oh, yeah, honestly, sure. like there's some dudes that re- like like black women, Hispanic women, Asian women, pregnant women. There's something for everyone. But yeah. as a whole, like the most amount of people are going to want a young white woman, right? Like a young, good-looking white woman. So at first it was Backpage. So this underworld, right? The way it works is that they have like, um, they have all kinds of sites. <laughs> they have sites that you can post on. But these sites that you can post on, like the good ones where you make a lot of money, you have to be a member. So in order to be a member, you have to be reviewed. In order to get reviewed, you have to be reviewed by somebody who's already a member and who has always already proven, right? It's like, uh, like you have to pass it on. So I, I'm seeing clients on Backpage not making great money, like in a fucking Super 8 motel. And, and honestly, we buy a car like in like a month. And this is like not very much money that I make. Like I'm seeing a lot of people. Um, it, it wasn't great. <laughs> it was not a fun time. But mm. I was like so far removed from it i was just like fuck it do it he didn't have to force me to do it like i wanted to make money i wanted to do it. like it, it was fine like i was an easy girl for him right because i like wanted to learn how to do all this stuff so how to make money um and he would so eventually i see the guy because sometimes these guys who are on these high-end uh review member only sites will randomly see a back page girl to review them on these sites. Hmm. Like, oh, yeah. So I finally see a guy who is a member on one of these sites and he's like, yeah, I can get you verified. So what they call the girls who are reviewed, they're called providers, right? Verified providers. A verified provider is somebody who has been reviewed, who's a member, um, who looks how her picture looks, who um, stays for the full amount of, they'll, they'll review every bit and piece. Okay, she was on time. Um, her in-call, right? In-call is like if they come to you, out-call is if I go to them, right? Her in-call was clean. Um, I didn't, I don't believe she has any, what did they, what would they call the pimps? Having a pimp's bad. So you, you never want them to know that you have a pimp, right? Um, um, I forget what they would call the pimps though if you had some kind of um, person overseeing. Management, no manager, right? Oh, manager. Nobody managing, managing. They use these keywords because it is the internet. It's not like unaccessible. Yeah. Right. Um, and they would say, um, she uh, uh, didn't change her price because sometimes girls will post like 200 and they're like, you have to give me 400, you know what I mean? Or I'm not doing anything. So like her prices are what they were supposed to be, right? And uh, she stayed for the full length of time. So if they book an hour, maybe it doesn't take an hour. <laughs> but I stayed for the full hour because they paid for the hour, right? Yeah. Stuff like that. They review like, it's like Yelp for hookers. <laughs> I mean, no, no, really. So once you have one wow. of these reviews, then other people might be more willing to see you. But even when you first get this review, you're still, once you get into this bracket where you're able to go from maybe charging $150 an hour to like $250 an hour, that's still on the low end, right? Mm. And then once you have more reviews, especially by guys who have reviewed a lot of girls, so like everybody knows they're real, right? And you you start to make more, 300 350 You're worth more money. And the more good five-star reviews you have, the better. And once you're on one of these review sites, you can use that that uh, verification on other, like, wow. high-end review well, sites. Yeah. Sure. yeah, so, like, you'll be like, here's the link to my other review site. And then you'll send a picture with your first and last name and the date. And, like, you'll show that you are the person mm-hmm. on the picture. Mm-hmm. Like, there's all kinds of crazy ways. And he taught me how to do all this. I wouldn't. Nobody would ever know any of these things, right? 
He also taught me when I was doing like Backpage how to stay safe. Like, how do I verify that a guy is who he says he is? Like, how do you do that? So, like, different ways. You would have to get creative. So if somebody says, hey, come to my house. Maybe it's two in the fucking morning. I'm about to drive 45 minutes for a dude who decides he's not going to pick up the phone because he's fucking around on the phone, right? No, that's not worth it. Okay, you say you're at this address. Um, If it's a hotel room, maybe they take a picture of the hotel room phone. Right. So I see they're actually at the hotel room and I see the room number and then maybe I call that room number. Oh, right. And they pick up the phone. Um, If they say uh, once you're verified, guys are much more willing to give you personal information because they know you're safe and not the police. Mm. So they'll send you their ID. If they tell me they're at their house, they say, "Okay, you can black out your name if you don't want me to know your full name. But send me a picture of a junk piece of mail so I know that you're actually at the address that you're giving me. Right. Just different ways to verify. And then there's a whole underworld of girls who communicate with each other to say this guy's a a pimp uh, posing as a John. Like, don't see him. Um, This girl. What would they do, though? If what is his intention? If he's a pimp posing as a John. Uh, uh, to bag her. Pimp yeah. the girls. Yeah, to try and pimp him like a gorilla pimp. Like, oh, bitch, you're not up. leaving. Fuck yeah. That. No way. Yeah. Well, so my pimp wasn't like that. When I first started, um, it was just me, and then more girls came. And at first, it was like shitty motel rooms. And then, then we got a car, and then we got a loft in Dallas. And like things were starting to happen. But then it got to a point of complacency where there was a bunch of girls. They weren't doing as much work. I was earning most of the money. He wasn't doing shit. He was drinking a lot. He was an al- like an alcoholic. I was like, this is fucking stupid. Like, it's not going anywhere farther than this. It's all a pipe dream. And, like, I didn't think he would ever physically hurt me because he hadn't. Um, But I, pimps also have this underground network where they all communicate with each Mm. other. Like, all over the country. Right? (laughs) Like, they all know each other. And I know that sounds crazy and hard to believe. But I remember when I first came to L.A. and I was, like, out there. Because I had, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, so what happened was, (laughs) he, um... I left. I left in the middle of the night. I told him I had an in-call. He took a couple new, like, fresh turnouts is what they got, new girls out, right? And I escaped. I packed up all my shit and I bounced. And so I didn't think he was going to kill me. I was scared that he was going to tell other pimps that I was, what quote, a renegade, a girl that, that left. When a girl who's making you a lot of money, who's been with you for a while, leaves and she starts having success on her own, that's, like, the worst thing that can ever happen for a pimp, right? Because, like, then it makes it look like like we don't need pimps. Yeah. <laughs> like uh-huh. you know what I mean? And and, and then nobody, he looks like a weak pimp. He looks like a weak pimp, but also other girl other pimps don't want that happening because they don't want their right. girls seeing that right. that you can be successful on your own. Like he had given me what he would say, like too much of the game. Because he had trusted me and we had kind of like came back up together. He had been down and out, he'd been in the feds for ten years, and like he had taught me everything and he had given me like a lot of a lot more information he would have he would have given more girls and I also was a little smarter than some of the girls. Not to say that they were dumb, but a lot of them were, they've been doing this for a long time. They were uneducated. They were from rough neighborhoods. Like, I'm, I grew up middle class. My dad's a postman. Like, I didn't grow up rich, but like, like I could, I can read and write, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So I kind of knew what I was getting into. And then I realized when it just no longer was worthwhile, he, like, what, what he would say, if it's not beneficial, it's artificial. And that's, Something I, it was no longer beneficial yeah. for me. That's kind of cool, actually. Yeah. You know, I was trying to aim you. Hey, if it ain't beneficial, then it's artificial. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's true. It's that's true good. in recovery. Yeah. We had words to live by to yeah. this day, right? Oh, wow. If it's not yeah. beneficial, it's artificial. Yeah. And for him, he was talking about money. And, and today, the way I look at that phrase is a little different, right? Like, mm. it, like benefit for me is not just money. Yeah. But um, I ended up, like, escaping. And I was so fucking scared. That Where'd you go? Um, I went so. Well, in Texas, you're only pimping within that. I mean, you're only doing work in Texas the whole time. 
for, for that part. Before yeah. Before you started flying out other states. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so I was going to different cities, though. I was going to Austin. I was going to Houston. Right. I was in Dallas. I was in Fort Worth. I was in San Antonio. But it's not, you weren't flying to other states yet. Okay, cool. No. Okay, cool. No, but I had already started making more money, and I was on these review sites. Got it. Got right? It. So yeah. the biggest thing is if I left and he got a hold of my email account and my phone number, then I wouldn't be able to access my own fake identity, right? Uh, Which yeah. was, like, my livelihood. Uh-huh. So, like, I had to, like, scheme a way to, like, escape from that, right? And then I also... Uh, he had my IDs, my birth certificate, he had everything to make it harder for me to like escape, yeah. right? And to get away. And it was very psychological. Um, he's like a very vindictive, he's a cancer. <laughs> he's a cancer. Very vindictive. Yeah, it was a, it was a shit show. And um, it, for him, it was like uh, what he would say, like for me leaving, it was a black eye to the game. Like it's, a, it's like, it's like gang life. You know what I mean? It's a whole way of, thinking it's a whole lifestyle yeah. and he ingrains it in your head and and like that's how he lives and it's just fucking crazy so i escape and my biggest fear is that other pimps are coming for me mm. <laughs> like and that was like a a, a real fear mm. like when i'm doing meth like and i start tripping i'm usually tripping because there's some real world, sh- world shit going on mm. in my life that's yeah. like kind of fucking scary uh-huh. but like when i'm up for four days and i'm tripping like I take it to another level, yeah. right? Uh-huh. So, like, there was a point where, like, I was sure that, like, I was being fucking followed by pimps. Mm. I called the cops on myself, like, four times, like, driving on the street like a fucking <laughs> maniac. My friend from Texas to this day still calls somebody tripping 50 pimping because, like, there was one point where I was just totally, like, terrified. And I think he was following me and keeping tabs on me. But that's because I was making him a lot of money. I was yeah. his livelihood. And when I left, eventually the other girls left because I was, like, setting a precedent. I was uh-huh. like what they call a bottom bitch, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I know the bottom, yeah, because like, yeah, yeah, Iceberg Slim, I read a little bit of that book about this, he says, the bottom bitch, yeah, mm-hmm. the bottom, right? The bottom means you're the top, right? Yeah. For sure. Um, It's like almost like being the house mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Always just- down, yeah, the bottom bitch is always so down. Did you, <laughs> you, when you left, were you only staying in Texas, but you left, you were in Texas? Yeah, so I had to start all over again. So I was staying in this, like, hotel that I already had rented, and they just let me stay there. It was There's certain hotels where they, they know what's going on. They know mm-hmm. what the deal is, but they let it happen. And they knew what the deal was, but I just kept paying them, and I just literally lived in this hotel room for, like, 30 days, was doing, like, gnarly amounts of math, and, like, just started stacking money. Like, I got $16,000... In a month? In, like, a month and a half to buy a car. Oh. And... I bought a car and getting the ID was a nightmare because I had only a Massachusetts ID. Texas wouldn't give me a Texas ID without my Massachusetts ID, but my license was fucked up, so I couldn't get a Texas DL. I had to go to the passport agency. It was, it, it was a whole fucking thing. Um, and then eventually I got it right, so I was able to get a car. And then I um, was staying in different places and uh, just making more money and stacking more chips. And it was just like, tweaking, driven. I was so secluded from everybody else. Like, when you have a pimp, like, they don't want you talking to anybody. They don't want you talking to other women unless they're women who are, are like, yeah. get, getting down, you know, like, giving them money. If it's not beneficial, it's artificial. Like, we don't have friendships in this, mm-hmm. like, this game. Yeah. Like, that's not what it is, right? Your friends are your family, like, right here. Like, these <sighs> people here. And, like, you don't talk to other men unless they're men who are giving you money, right? Like, the, it's a whole, like, mind fuck. And you just get to a point. He eases you into this. And you get to a point where that's just what it is. And so even when I left, I still had this, like, kind of, like, pimp ho mentality. But I was, like, on my own shit, you know? And so I eventually got an apartment. I was able to get a name, a social security number, and an ID in what was my escort name, right? I <laughs> Through somebody who I knew out there. 
And I got like a really nice apartment in like uptown Dallas, which is like the Beverly Hills of Dallas. Right. Mm. And uh, and I was like doing all right. I mean, I was still very secluded and kind of living as if I still had a pimp in a way, like where <laughs> all I was doing was like escorting. But I was seeing like much more high end clientele and regular clientele. So I was able to see like like the, the same people all the yeah. time for a lot of money. Um, and like then businessmen and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like cowboys. And it was the same people and, and they would give me a lot of money and I was just, I was chilling. I was doing a lot of drugs. Like I'd started doing heroin a little bit. I was smoking it at first because I'd been doing meth for like a year and a half, two mm. years. And I finally was like, okay, I'm just going to smoke a little heroin. And then I started shooting it again and the tar and blah, 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 blah. And then I, I came to LA to travel because I had started traveling. I was going to like Florida. I was going to Boston. I was going to New York. Um, and I came to California and then. <sighs> with, with your business. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Got yeah. Cool. And then. Yep. I never left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> What's the, did you ever have any crazy shit happen on meth? What's the longest you stayed awake on that shit? Yeah, I was just telling him about the time that, I mean, there was all kinds of crazy shit. So, I was telling Jesse, um, my sponsee, that I, so I had a friend, B, my friend Brian, right? Um, Him and I would get loaded together, but he, uh, he started off, so B was one of the friends I got loaded together, but one of those ones who always, like, looked out for me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Even the, even when we were out there. And so we became friends <clears throat> when I was still with this pimp. And I would tell the pimp that I was seeing a client because that's the only people I was allowed to see, but he wasn't a client. He was a friend. Um, and he knew what was going on with me. And, and uh, I stayed with him for a while after, like, I escaped from the pimp. And... Um, the pimp, like, at this point was letting me take the car. He wasn't dropping me off everywhere I went because I had, like, regular clients enough where he would kind of just let me go and come back. He knew I would come back. Um, it had been, like, over a year and a half, right? And uh, he, B, <laughs> he had, like, two teenage sons. And, like, yeah, we did meth. He was a really good dude, though. He was always good to me, and he always looked out for me. And he, like, showed up when I was, like, down and out every fucking time. It could be months. And he would always, like, follow through. You know, you always have that friend who, like, yeah, you're getting high together. But, like, he never robbed you. He never, like... He never had any expectations for me, yeah. uh, like sexual expectation, nothing. Like he was good to me. And so B, I was tripping hard and B had a, a house and I was staying there and it was like a Tuesday afternoon at like 2 p.m. And he had been out and I think he went to go get his kids. Well, he definitely went to go get his kids. And uh, there was like a, a cameras, you know, you can have the cameras in the house. There was one in the kitchen. Um, and I, the, the refrigerator was broken um, the ice machine, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. And, uh, so like I decided I was going to fix it. And, um, <laughs> and so I, uh, I started like chipping away. Right. And like, it's hot. It's Texas. Right. It's like the summertime. And so like I get naked and I'm chipping away and nobody's in the house and I'm naked. And it's like been probably three hours and I'm chipping away at the ice and I'm fucking with the refrigerator and I'm butt naked, tripping out on the refrigerator, tweaking out, and him and his kids come home. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get, get your clothes on. Like, get your shit together. <laughs> and I'm like, no, dude. I'm like, no, I'm fucking fixing it. And he's, like, he's like, get out of the kitchen now. I'm like, no, I can't. Like, I'm fixing it. Like, I'm so close. I'm like, five more minutes, you know, like three hours later. And finally, I stop and I fucking 
fixed the refrigerator. No That's way. Right. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. No, there's a way. There you go. I fixed the ice machine, which didn't Congrats. help my like mania. But he had videos of this, right? Oh yeah. So oh. <laughs> and so, like, I remember, like, two weeks later, you know, when you come down off of like a psychosis, and you're like, "That was real. That was real." And then, like, a couple of days later, you're like, "Okay, maybe I was tripping like a little yeah. bit." And then, like, two weeks later, you're like. I was tripping. Like, <laughs> like it, it, you start to come back to earth a little bit. You're like, oh, like it was, it was all bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's all bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh man. Hence the name. Yeah. Yeah. Does so, he still like, have those videos? Oh uh, no, he doesn't. I've asked him. Oh, yeah, I know. Dude, I know. So good. I know. He, like everything in his house, I think got stolen. I wish he still had those. Oh, I have yeah. some weird videos. I was showing Marion today, but oh, I'm not going to show you guys that one. <laughs> okay. like, videos, like I'm naked and like not in a cute oh. way, like in a weird, I'm crazy, like tripping out way. Is that kind of your go-to thing, just to get naked and do things? Not always, uh, but I guess it, like that would happen. Yeah, that would happen sometimes. It wasn't like a weird, like. Sexual weird shit. Right. just like get, yeah, get naked. Because you're all sweaty and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was another time, like with the fifty pimpin thing, when I was tripping. Like I went to, I went to court for. Uh, I was arrested. This is the craziest thing in the entire world, and it's true. I was arrested and like legit wrongfully arrested. I know everybody starts the story, <laughs> right? But I was uh, pulled over because I had just escaped the pimp. B had rented me a car because I hadn't bought my vehicle yet, right? And um, I didn't have an ID to do it myself. So I got pulled over and I, 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 I wasn't doing anything wrong, but they pulled me over and then, um, he ends up searching my car and he found somebody else's license or ID in the vehicle or whoever had the vehicle before me left it. Yeah. No, or like maybe had a warrant or something. I don't really know exactly what happened because all I know is like, he asked to take a look in the vehicle or he asked me for to get out of the car and there were some other cops looking in the vehicle and then they put me in cuffs and I like really didn't know what I did. I didn't have any drugs on me. I was like, I don't like what the fuck is going on. And they, um, they had, they told me I had a blue warrant. I, I don't know if they have that out here, but in Texas, it's like, uh, like a, a felony warrant. Right. And I'm like, for what, you know, like I haven't, been caught or like committed any like felonies like I was escorting but that wasn't a felony that's like a misdemeanor like it's right. a citation um and there they said it was a blue warrant from like seven or eight years before I didn't even live in Texas seven yeah. or eight years before I, I would have been like this is I was like 23 at this time right so I would have been like 16 years old or 17 years <laughs> old so I'm like that's not possible that's not me and they're like yeah it is and they were like what's your name and I like tell them my first name Tell them my last name. They're like, what's your social? They're like, spell your first name again. Spell your last name. What's your social? What's your date of birth? And I tell them three times. And this woman in this cop car is like, oh, shit. And she gets out. And all these cops are searching my car. It was for, like, some kind of, like, um, manufacturing charges. Oh, okay. And they're like, stop. Like, stop searching right now. Right? And so they let me out of the cuffs. And they put me back in the car. And uh, I'm like, they were wrong. <laughs> this has never happened. <laughs> like, 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 stop. This is the yeah. wrong person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Man. So the guy who had originally pulled me over, so he fucked up. And so what happened was I I get in my car and I'm like, okay, let me go. You know, like, I'm ready to go. And he's like, no. He's like, step back out of the vehicle, ma'am. I'm like, what? And he said he arrested me for um, public intoxication, but I wasn't intoxicated. Like, I, I wasn't. And uh, the thing about public intoxication, I don't know if it's like this in L.A., but in Texas, like, you don't need to really prove it. Oh. So mm. I think because of the mistake he made, he had to do something in the order coverage. to, like, cover yeah. something else. Yeah. Right? So I, I spend the night in the drunk tank. They release me. And then I have court dates. And I d- 
decide I'm going to represent myself. <laughs> and so I'm representing myself. And I get as far as jury selection. And they're like, would you like to do jury selection? Like, do you want to take this to trial or plead out? I was like, I'm not fucking pleading out. Pleading out for what? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, this uh-huh. dude, like, I, yeah. I probably have a lawsuit on my hands. This is crazy. And so I take it all the way to jury selection. I'm like, the DA is like, are you sure you don't want to plead out? I was like, I am not pleading it out. I will represent myself all the way through this whole fucking thing. That's right. And uh, and I and they drop all the charges. That's right. So that morning, <laughs> I was like not tripping. I hadn't really slept, but like I wasn't like tweaking too hard. But like I was on meth. <laughs> yeah. And like I just won a court case, like <laughs> representing myself. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that's what it was shocking. I was shocking. So that morning, I, for some reason, I just start tripping. I start tripping hard. And I'm thinking, like, the feds are following me. I'm thinking maybe it's because, like, I had a pimp. And even though I'm not with him anymore, like, I think some weird shit's going on. And um, <clears throat> every truck that drives by, I think, like, I've seen that motherfucker before. Like, that's the third time I've seen that same dude. And I'm tripping. Like, I'm starting to trip. I, I, I don't know if it was the stress and anxiety of the court stuff. Also, the fear that I had just left this pimp. And I was, like, really, like... Like, there was just all kinds of shit going on. Plus, I had been doing meth, right? Yeah. So the mixture of all of it was just, like, a recipe for disaster. And I started tripping out. So this, I, I left this court date at, like, 1030 in the morning. And it's now, like, 3 or 4 p.m. And I'm working at the strip club. And I show up at the strip club. And they tell me that somebody called and said that I stole their wallet. Now, this pimp had drilled into me, like, you never rob your tricks, right? You never rob your tricks, mm. ever. That's the worst thing you could do. You'll get a bad review. And you have to burn your whole yeah. identity and start from scratch. Also, like it's more beneficial to never, like, you don't right. rob your trips. Mm-hmm. I never robbed it. I, I didn't do that at the strip club. Like, I didn't yeah. do that. So it was him. He was trying to, like, fuck up anything I had going. Oh, he had fuck. called, right? Yeah. But that makes me trip even more. I was like, oh, he's out to get me for sure. Like, yeah. that, he'll do shit like that. Things to make my life more difficult. Like, take my birth certificate or my de- anything to, like, make my life harder, mm-hmm. right? And so now I'm really tripping. I'm like, okay, now it turns from, like, the feds are following me to, like, pimps are following me. And I remember I drove around. I had a full tank of gas and it's been like eight hours that I've been driving around and I stop at gas station and I get out and I think I'm being followed and I get back in the car and I walk into the grocery store and I'm like, I walk in, I look around, I'm like, oh, they're all fucking feds. Like I run back out and I'm taking out my SIM card and I'm like, I, I, I race all my contacts. I wipe my SIM card. I, I trip the fuck out and I get on the highway and now it's close to like 1.30 in the morning and I've been driving straight for like like hours since mm. 10 a.m. that morning, just driving aimlessly, tripping out, like driving like a crazy mm. person. But it's like coming to a head where I'm like really fucking tripping. Yeah. Like things getting crazier. And I'm driving on the highway. And every time I see a car, I'm like, it, the pimps are following me. And I'm fucking veering to the right, veering to the left. And I'm like, I'm not going to run anymore. I'm going to fight back. Right. And I'm like, brake checking people on the highway. Like, like, like in my mind, it's also real. Uh Right. And I, I pull into this gas station and some dude, some car pulls in. I fucking trip and I call the police. But here's the thing. I'm also like, you know, live in this like street mentality. Like I'm not a snitch, you know, I'm never going to tell. Right. The police come and they're like, ma'am, like, is everything okay? I'm like, I'm being followed. They're like, by who? I'm like, someone really scary. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, who? I'm like, a really scary man, but I don't know his name and I won't, I won't really tell them, but they're like, yeah. okay, ma'am, like, are you going to be okay? And I'm talking to this friend B and he's like, you just really need to get to my house. Like, yeah. you said you were going to be here 12 hours ago. And I'm like, I don't want them to follow me there. I can't desecrate your home. And uh, I get back on the highway and I see an 18-wheeler and I think it's the same 18-wheeler that I'd seen 14 hours before and I really fucking start tripping and I'm on the phone with 911 again for the second time in the last hour 
screaming like they're coming, they're out to get me, they're gonna run me off the road, and they're like, "Ma'am, where are you?" I'm like, "I don't know where I am," and I'm screaming, <laughs> and like, I'm dri- almost hitting these cars, and finally I keep driving. Right, I hang up on them. I'm like, "You're not fucking helping me." I'm about to run out of gas, so mm. I end up in the worst neighborhood in the fucking world. Like, like the neighborhood that this pimp is from. Right, he doesn't live there now, but like, it's like his neighborhood. It's a really it's a bad neighborhood, but I need gas. And like, it's on empty. Like it's the only gas station around. It's two 30 in the morning. And I pull up to this pump and there's nobody there. And I try to walk into the gas station is locked. And I'm like, something's going on. Like they're, they're, they're scheming on me. And, uh, and I'm sitting in my car and the worst thing that could ever happen, happened. And like, you know, I'm sober now. So in hindsight, like I know all of this was crazy, but this part was real and it was just terrible timing. So this like, this like black guy gets out and he has like a black woman with him and he has like a fedora on and he's like he's dressed like a pimp like yeah, uh-huh. he, but that was real like real life when he has a girl with him and I'm like oh shit and I just start screaming I just start screaming I start losing my shit and um I call B and I call 911 for the third time. Oh my and the God. police show up and they're like, ma'am, you, like, I don't know how they didn't arrest me. I think they felt bad for wow. me. Yeah. And like, they, uh, they, they were like, do you want us to like sit with you while we pump the car? And I'm like, Pippi, pips are following me. And they're like, okay, ma'am. Like, and they sit there. I fill up my gas tank. I get on the phone with B. I was like, yeah, I fucking understand. They're out to get me. And like, he knew that this person might be out to get me, but like, he also knew I was fucking tripping. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, how many? I was like, fucking 50. And so he always called me 50 pimping after that. Like, uh, 50 pimping. <laughs> 50 pimping. 50 pimping. Oh, wow. That's so yeah. good. That's, yeah, I trip. Wow. Um, have you have you ever smoked PCP? Sherm, no. Angel Dust? No. no. Only one time I almost did, but yeah, I never did. I don't know why. Like here in LA, I almost did one in downtown LA. But then I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I was already on fentanyl and meth. I was like, I'm, I'm cool, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I was like, oh, I was like, enough is enough. I'm yeah. doing all right. Have you ever seen a ghost? Have I ever seen a ghost yeah. in real life or yeah. on meth? Either, Either. Or. That's what I, I see. mean, I've seen the shadow people. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be good. But yeah. have you seen something that maybe wasn't from this realm, something spirit, you know, something that was like, you know, because we've all, all right. I'm, Keith's seen some shadow people. Lawrence has seen some shadow people. You guys, I'm sure, you know, yeah? Yeah, all right. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she's Native American. She grew up in Oklahoma. She's definitely yeah, seen, you ever seen a ghost. ghost. <laughs> you ever seen a ghost? You want to talk Ooh. about it? Here. I've seen, I've seen like, um, some demon before. Really? Oh. Uh, talk to this mic right here. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay. Get a closer. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Hey. hey. Hi. Hi. Okay. Well, this one time, um, it was me and my first baby daddy. I got three baby daddies. Two of them are very, very evil. But the first one, his name is Eamon, but his nickname used to be Demon. Go figure. <laughs> Go figure. That, that, that's what they called him in prison. He had just gotten out of prison. And he was the first one to ever get me, like, high. Well, not the first one, you know, but the... Because I don't know what the hell I was smoking before he came along. But he was cooking dope whenever he got out. So that's whenever I knew it was the good shit because mm-hmm. we were staying up. So the, whatever I was smoking before was giving me really bad anxiety attacks. So I think I was smoking crack. 
So <laughs> this shit that we were smoking was keeping us up for days. And I was feeling good. I was feeling glamorous. I was feeling like Selma Hayek and all this and that. But <laughs> on day on like day nine, we were up. Oh, nine, like nine. on day nine, on day wow. nine, you know, I was up and I was wondering why I wasn't getting tired. And I was still feeling normal, you know. I was like, I'm high, you know, but... I think it's about time for us to go to bed because my thing was to drink. I told him, I said, my thing is drinking. That's my thing. I don't I don't normally do this because I had a job. I was working for home health. I worked with disabled people because I was still trying to maintain my job. So um, we were sitting there drinking, you know, sitting like this, talking around, talking, visiting, you know, and stuff. And then um, I happened to look over at him and there was a fucking black figure sitting sitting behind him. And that black figure had red eyes. And it was sitting right right behind him, like it was posted up behind him, just looking at me. And I looked over there at him and I looked and I looked, you know, I looked away and I said, Who's sitting beside you? And then he jumped up and he was like, Who's sitting beside me? What? You know, all this and that. He started flipping out and all that's whenever I knew it was time to go to bed. <laughs> but, but he used to say, but he used to say he was like, This thing won't leave me alone. He started crying, you know, he looked at me, started crying and all this and that. And that's whenever I was like Did he I started see it burning too? my stage and I was all like, Get the fuck out of my house, you know, all this yeah, and that. No, he didn't see it, but he, but said, he felt it. But he, he felt it, it because he said that there was something following him around in prison and stuff. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it was creepy. Wow. Man, when I trip, yeah. I trip on some it's Man, always it some real life. It it's oh. always some real life shit. Like yeah. some real crazy shit is actually happening in my life and I just manifest it into something way crazy. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like when yeah. I was hanging around like MacArthur Park and Pico Union and I was hanging out with these like gangbangers, like there was actually some wild shit going oh, on. Absolutely. Like, way wild oh, shit. Absolutely. And I remember, like, I hadn't been, like, immersed in, like, gang culture like that mm-hmm. ever. Not, like, there's gangs in Boston, but it's not the same as Los yeah. Angeles. Like, it's something different. It's fucking live. It's different. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. And I was, um, I would trip. Like, I remember when I first came to L.A., I was there for two weeks with Home Dude, and, and then I ended up... um. I ended up running out of dope and decided I want to stay longer. So, like, where do you go when you run out of dope in L.A. and you're not familiar? You go to Skid Row, Skid right? Row. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, that's what you right. do. So I go to Skid Row, and uh, uh, I end up in MacArthur Park. I meet this dude on Skid Row. Um, what was his name? He was, a, he was a nice little homeless dude. He had a little cart. He was nice, though. He was uh-huh. a good guy, uh, mm. given the circumstances. Mm. Hella sick, but, like, nice guy. And he inter- introduced me to this dude, Martin, and... Um, Martin, he fucking, uh, he would post up at the Hollywood Deluxe Inn, if you guys are familiar, Six in Alvarado. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know Denny? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so yes. uh, that was, like, where he lived and sold dope out of, right? And, and Martin didn't speak any English, like, at all. <laughs> like, he... <laughs> I told you he's gonna do the some hand shit. You know, yeah, yeah. 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 And, uh, they and, sent him. They sent him. <laughs> and uh, so he... Martin, uh, he sold me some some meth and some heroin, right? Mm. And um, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm I'm chilling for a while. And I'm, you know, just doing all kinds of weirdo shit. And I end up going to see a client, like, somewhere here in the valley. I don't even remember where I was at. And uh, I, I did the Uber share when they used to have the Uber yeah, share. Uber, some, yeah. Uh-huh. Some girl stole my passport ID and my whole wallet, right? Ah, it, was the, no. it was two nights before Christmas. I was supposed to fly home Christmas Eve to Dallas. Sorry, it was three days before Christmas. Day before Christmas Eve, I was supposed to fly home to Dallas, and then I was supposed to. I still had my apartment there, and uh, my car, and my life, and then I was supposed to fly home to Boston to spend time with my family, right? Um, 
and I, I never did, right? And I, I couldn't get, I couldn't pay for my hotel because I didn't have my debit card or my credit card. And I, uh, my, all my bags were take like, were, um, I, I had one bag there. I think I had missed a flight and one of the bags got flown to Dallas, but I only had the carry on. Like, you know, I was just, yeah. I was tripping. I was living like yeah. this crazy life, like missing like seven flights in a row type shit. And uh, I, I didn't know where to go because I didn't have an ID. All I had was my phone, right? And uh, I didn't have any cash and I couldn't get cash without an ID and they wouldn't give me a new card because it needed to be my home address and it was like a conundrum and I didn't know where to go. The only person's address I knew, right? Because, oh, she stole my phone too. My phone was my wallet. I didn't have a phone. So I I go to Martin's at the Hollywood Deluxe Inn, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I knock on his door and he like opens the door and he doesn't know me like that. And I was like, hey, I... I don't have anywhere to go. And he like acts like he doesn't speak any English. And like, I really thought he didn't. He didn't think I spoke any Spanish either. And uh, he lets me stay there for like a month. Like he was like my guardian <laughs> angel. <laughs> and like also like didn't do any weird shit. Like wow. I met the only like relatively decent like tweaker in all of MacArthur Park. Wow, yeah. <laughs> like like uh-huh. for real. Like because like. These people were scary, right? Like there was a some real scare. And I was also new and. Nobody knew me, and I just looked a little too clean in China. Yeah, yeah. Like, people were like, who the fuck is this girl, mm-hmm. right? Like, there was, like, 18th Street, crazy writers, like, all these gangs, right? Like, like block to block. Yeah, they were, like, all backed like, up. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, block to block. Uh-huh. So, and, like, I had no idea. I had no, I didn't know the rules. I had no idea that I couldn't be buying dope in one area and not another. Yeah. I would talk mm-hmm. to one person, and I would say, oh, yeah, I was over here with this person. I had no idea that that's something that, like, I shouldn't say. Nope. So, not only am I not saying this shit, and they're not telling me I should be saying the stuff but but like it makes them even think more that I'm like up to some shit yeah. right like that I'm doing some weird ass shit and I, I really didn't know I've been in the streets but like not these type of rules right and so I start hanging around these like these people um, one of these gangs right and uh, I I they start to trust me and I'm starting to spend like a little more time with them and, and do some weird ass shit and and uh and the crash unit's following us, like the gang unit, like everywhere we go. Like one of these dudes is on like, three, he's on four bails. He's looking at his third strike, mm-hmm. right? Every time he bonds out, he picks up a new gun charge or dope charge and then he goes back in, mm-hmm. right? New gun, then he'll bail out, but he keeps showing up for his court dates. So they let him <laughs> bond out, you know? <laughs> they keep letting him bond out because he keeps showing up to his court dates. And is it too loud? Oh, so... So uh, there's one point, right, where, like, I'm starting to really trip because of all the people that I'm dealing with and all the weird-ass shit that's going on and, uh, like, fucking violent-ass crazy shit, you know what I mean? And I start getting really paranoid that the cops are coming, and I go to Martine's because I kind of felt, like, mm. safe at Martine's, right? <laughs> like, ironically, right? At the Hollywood Inn Deluxe. It's crazy. Yeah. But I, I felt safe there. So I go there, and I'm fucking tripping, right? I've been up for a couple days, and the, the crash unit and the gangs unit— really is following us. They're not following me, yeah. right? Like, they're yeah. following them, and I'm yeah. with them. But, like, in my mind, like, they know who I am, and, like, I'm... And maybe they fucking did. I don't... Because they were watching all the time. And, uh... And, uh... I, I go to Martine's, and I, I start tripping, and, and he ended up speaking a little bit more English than he let on. Like, I spoke a little more <laughs> Spanish than, than, than I let on, right? Like, I, I, we become friends at this point, right? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. and And, uh... And he's he's like an old timer. He's like fifty years old, right? Mm-hmm. He's like an OG, and uh, he's um, been down there for thirty something years. And and I hear 
fucking lights and I hear helicopters and I start tripping, like uh-huh. tripping hard. And I'm already, I've already been tripping hard like for days now and I'm tripping. I was like, they're here and I'm, and I, I'm waiting to be sniped and I'm waiting to see the laser and I'm fucking, he's like, he's like, Calm down, mommy. Like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Like, chill out. Like, like, no, it's okay. You're tripping. You're tripping. And he's telling me this. I'm like, I'm not. I hear him. And I was like, underneath the table, right? Underneath, there's one table that's holding up this, like, Uh box TV. And I'm underneath the table. I was like, get down. And I'm tripping so hard, he starts to trip. And the crazy thing is, is, like, after two hours, we have all the lights off. Because he wasn't tripping the first, like, hour and a half. Mm. But, like, we're really hearing helicopters. And crazy shit was actually going on, but there really were helicopters uh-huh. and uh-huh. cops and yeah. lights because there was a um, there was a, a chase in the neighborhood that had came all the way from Inglewood. So oh, there was a like high speed case, and there really were helicopters they were everywhere. Probably searching yeah. for whoever got yeah, yeah, there. Really were helicopters, uh-huh. and there really were lights. So mm-hmm. I was like. Tripping, but like I wasn't tripping. Because yeah. you, you know can hear him I mean? far away, so it sounds—it's actually but it was louder, right. louder, louder. It was really, yeah. and I'm yeah. tripping, and Whoa. so like we turn on the news, and then we see this on the news, and we're like, okay, Whoa. like, but like that's the thing. Whenever I trip, I'm tripping on something that's kind of real, yeah. but like, is it real? You know what I mean? Like, is it? I don't know. Oh man, uh, what's up with that? With the with the pimp, like. uh Obviously, no more non-com, right? That guy. Do you ever, like, what is this? Yeah, he went to uh, prison. Uh, So after I got out on my own, um, he lost all his girls. He lost the place. He lost the money. And I actually kind of became friends with him. I was hesitant for, like, a... Oh, really? Wow. Not not anymore. I don't talk to him anymore. Yeah, yeah. But uh, after, like, eight months to a year, he was, like... um, Did he reach out or did you reach out? He had been trying to reach out. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I know your game. And then... uh, uh, he was like down and out and I felt a little indebted to him because when he met me, I was down and out, which is like, I didn't really, I was really wasn't in any debt to him, but like in my mind, that's how I felt. Sure. Yeah, um, sure. And uh, I became friends with him and I let him stay on my couch for like five months. Wow. wow. But when, when he started hanging out with me because Backpage went down and like when Backpage went down, it was like hard out there for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> like uh-huh. for real. Like he was like back to like, like the track, right? Because he wasn't able to get a goose, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, like, things just got tough for him. And I remember when I first, like, first time I saw him, I was, like, super paranoid. And I was like, dude, if you, like, it's not like it used to be. And if you try, like, I'm going to just cut you out yeah. for life. And you know I will because uh-huh. I've been doing that. And yeah. he was like, okay. And so for, like, six months, like, four or five months, he, like, stayed on my couch. And we kind of, like, became friends. I think he, like, somehow, like, be- like had some kind of respect for me. Wow, well, yeah. And this is in Dallas. or mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Yeah. How's the track there compared to like, I mean, I've never been, you know, but like I've I've driven down Figueroa, you know, I've seen it and I have a panel that's like in Watts, you know, so I go to this panel and then I can always take the freeway back, you know. Yeah, but you want to, you want to. But I'm like, you know, hey, I'm not stopping, but I'll slow down, you know. <laughs> where, where is the track in, in L.A.? Figueroa. Figueroa and what? Like, you go down. Like, you know, you go, like, once you get past, like, the 60s, the 70s, oh. the 80s, you know, it's cracking off. And it's just, like, what does it look like? I mean, I'm like, fucking, I, hey, go see for yourself. I'll go, go check know. it out. Hey, yeah, let's you want to speak yeah. on my panel? This, the, the, 
third this third Thursday. Just do it. Let's do it. Right, yeah. There you go. Then you'll see. Cool. Then I'll then, then, I, then I will check sure. it out. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go handle we'll it. We'll take a trip together. Dude, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm really like uh, and just like educationally. I just wanted to see. You yeah. Kind of like it's wow. something to see. I took Jesse to Skid Row because I'm like you have to see it. Yeah. You yeah. have to. You have yeah. to see. Yeah, like you, you have to see it. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. It's actually not as bad as it was. Yeah. Like when I just went down there with her. I haven't been down there since I was getting high down there, but. I'm down there every. I mean, I'm down there pretty much every Sunday. I work cool. with a uh, with a nonprofit called Feed the Streets, and we bring oh, I've food. Heard of that. Yeah, we bring food and clothing down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So every Sunday we go and volunteer and do that. That's and it's so. like it's okay, kind of a yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm like a big proponent of like harm reduction. I volunteered with the Needle Exchange for years. Like I do Narcan trainings. I do all that stuff just because like I know I wouldn't fucking be sitting here. Kind of like they taught you that stuff, and like you know like. I remember like getting a brochure at one point before I ever did IV and like learning how to like learning how to properly like use a needle, like learning how to, you know, the yeah, you I've clean it, you a know, lot whatever. of people. I mean, they 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 taught me how at the yeah. methadone clinic when I was like 19 yeah. when it first came out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Before you could like get it everywhere. You could only get it at like the methadone. Clinic you get it at the, the methadone. Yeah. At the, I mean, I guess there was a methadone here. It would be like literally the only place you could get it would be the needle <laughs> exchange, you know, and it wasn't like fucking nasal. It was like injectable, you know, mm-hmm. you had to like, it was a whole fucking process, you know, yeah. I've gotten, a, I gotten arrested before for having Narcan on me, you know? Really? Yeah. Is that possession? Huh? Well, for having paraphernalia, for having the syringes oh. and the whatever, you know, and they were like, we know what you're up to. And I'm like, what? Making sure motherfuckers don't die? You know, yeah. like, I didn't even get caught with dope, That's but crazy. I got a fucking, you know, and I got really? like, yeah, DA reject. But still, yeah. they're like, I mean, we'll fucking, you know, we'll fuck you up. Yeah. We'll make you fucking suffer a little I bit in crazy. fucking county jail. Honestly, you know? in L.A., I've been let off on crazy shit. I was shocked. I'm like, L.A. is the jungle. Like, it's wild out what? here. What's the, the most- cops don't give a they don't. They, I mean, it's changed. I've though, been you caught know? with like a lot, like a decent amount of dope on the street. What is decent? What, what, what was I decent? got caught in Orange County, actually. This was wild. They let you go? So I've been arrested in Orange County for possession of paraphernalia. But this time I was in, uh, where's Disney World again? Anaheim. 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 So I was in Anaheim and uh, I nodded off in some like neighborhood, like uh, a couple miles from Disneyland. Dis- Disneyland. And I uh, had. So I had this car and it was a VW and you know how you, the old ones, the VW, you have to turn the VW to open the trunk, Yeah, but uh-huh. it doesn't, you don't know. It doesn't look like, like uh-huh. you can turn the emblem. So the pop button didn't work. And I had uh, two ounces of meth and an ounce of fentanyl in the trunk and in like a little container. It was three, all in three, one. three bags. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, three. <laughs> three bags, yeah. <laughs> three. <laughs> yeah. three bags. So they weren't, like, uh, separately bagged up. And uh, I had passed out in this neighborhood. I had, like, been seeing people down there, right, doing the weird shit I was doing. And I uh, had some shit in my trunk. And and I was passed out. And the cops came. And they couldn't get into the car. And they were about to let me go because they couldn't get me on anything. But they were, like, talking shit. There was, like, a female cop and two male cops, I remember. And they finally got in the trunk. They went through the seat. And they found the dope. And I was like, I'm going to jail. Like, I'm going to jail for sure. Like, I'm doing... And I had, like... I can't imagine getting caught with that much anywhere else. No. Like, anywhere else and not doing, like, prison time. Yeah. Like, for real, prison time. And um, they just ended up saying, we don't want to deal with your fucking car. Like, they didn't want to tow my car. They were like, take yourself and your piece of shit car back to Los Angeles. Like... They don't like people from L.A. and Orange County. Keep, yeah. they keep the dope? So this is the even crazier part. So it's in like one of those like containers, those stash containers. So they have the dope on the, the hood of the car. And I'm like, 
okay? And I get back in the car and they're like, take your fucking dope with you. So I listen, like, so I grab the dope and they're like, no, no, no. And he comes back and he gives me a water bottle. He's like, dump, dump it in here. I I was like, he was like, get rid of your dope. He, I was going to throw it on the ground. He's like, this is a fucking neighborhood. Like, don't throw it on the ground. And so he gives me a water bottle and I dump it in there, but it's all packed because I was going to sell it. Right. And, uh, and as soon as he pulls off, I just like dry it out. Yeah. And like I lost a couple grams. Yeah, but whatever. I was shocked. I was shocked. So that cool. is, that's happened a couple times. It happened in Hollywood too. Like something yeah. very nothing similar. Here yeah, nothing. Yeah. But dude, uh, it used to like I, I mean I, I did fuck. Well, I did well I, I I got I've done a year in the county for a possession. You know, yeah. more than once. In Texas? I did the I did fucking six, five, six months in the county for DUI, and it was point oh four. Damn. Ooh. In yeah. Texas. Girls wow. were in there for weed, like, doing going to prison. Like, they call it pulling chain out there. So if you're shipping off to prison, you're pulling chain. They were pulling chain for weed. Like, not a lot of weed either. Like, less than an ounce. They're ruthless yeah. in Texas with drugs, huh? I don't know I mean, how like, it is now, but it was crazy. Man. This was amazing. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know when you kind of like 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 post podcast like post podcast. You know what I'm saying? We're like, whoa, that was so good. That was so good. You are amazing. <laughs>